Hey, it's Joey Salvia. While Greg and Bobby Littlefoot get set up for our guest today, funny man Mark Norman, let's go to 888-505-OPIE. OPIE! First time, long time. I'm calling all the way from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Look it up. It's a real fucking place. Anyways, Opie and Carl, keep up the good work. Love you, miss you. Oh, yeah. Joey, we love you too up here, you fucking creep. <laughs> Spot on. Hey, I once stalked a girl in a lower Manhattan bar, followed her without her noticing me. Not too hard to do, being 5'8", even though my aura is way bigger. So I waited for her to come out, and in my creepy, passive-aggressive manner, pretended to bump into her as she came out of the ladies' room. And in creepy, serial predator-like fashion, I was on the prowl alone that evening. I looked her right in the eyes and said, My God, you're beautiful. Well, she smiled. I have no idea what I said after that, but I took her home that night, and we'll be celebrating our 11th wedding anniversary this April. I didn't get your name, so yeah, fuckface. Creepy works for me. Thanks for the call. We find ourselves at the Westwood One Studios in the heart of Times Square. It's time once again for the OB Radio Podcast. You're a little hot. You're a little hot. You need uh, your volume down there? Yes, please. All right. How's that? Oh, a little more. I got sensitive ears. Why do you have sensitive ears? I had tubes in my ears as a kid. No. Perfect. Do you still have the tubes no, in your ears? No, no, no. That's a hell of a way to start the podcast with Mark Norman. Wait, are we on? Yeah. I oh, just... you're one of those guys, well, eh? I, I want to I, I get sneaky, and I want to get something from you. All right. Do you need me to cut out the tube thing? No, no, <laughs> no. Tubes are tied. We're good. <laughs> Why did you have tubes in your ears growing up? I had swimmer's ear as a kid, chronic swimmer's ear. My ears would be full. They would leak. Like, literally, I'd be sitting at school, and my ears would just drip wax. Really? Yeah, so I had to go get it all sucked out and had to sit under this big needle, and I had my head sideways, and I just put a needle in my ear and just sucked it out like a vacuum cleaner. Wow. It was wild. And then they added tubes to your ears to help that problem? Yeah, so the uh, wax would flow right out. It wouldn't cake. You know, you were a mess growing uh, up. The bedwetting. I had I had <laughs> moles on my head. I had to get the moles lanced. I had horrible braces uh, on my legs. Wait, no, wait. I've done the mole thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've done the mole thing. You're yeah. you're my mole brother. How yes. many moles did you have? I had about six on the top of my head. Oh, on the top of your yeah. head. So they, if I comb my hair, I would go yeah. through it and they, they would bleed. You know, really? Because you'd cut them. Yeah. Yeah. I had them all over my face. Really? Yeah, man. As soon as, wow. I got, as soon as I got money, I said, I'm getting rid of these moles. Well, you were like a Morgan Freeman. <laughs> well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. But what was sad was they were like, um, uh, they were clear. So you couldn't mm. really tell, but it bothered the hell out of me. And I had them all along my jawbone. I don't oh. even remember all the places I had them, but... I, when wow. I see a mole now, yeah. I'm like, why wouldn't you get rid of that? You know how know. easy it is these days? There's some big brown moles out there that blow my mind. With with one or two hairs? Yes. Why wouldn't you at least shave the hair? <laughs> I know. I <laughs> fucked this girl once in Texas, and she had a huge mole of Right below her nose. And I remember being like, you're beautiful with this mole. It's the only reason I'm allowed to fuck you. Right. You would never fuck me without that mole. 
Every time I see a girl with a mole on their face, I just feel like it's a speck of duty. Mm-hmm. I can't get past that. <laughs> yeah, what do they think? And then they go, it's a beauty mark. No, oh, it's, it's gross. Not. It's gross. Thank you. Get rid so of you it. think Cindy Crawford was the one that sort of set that Even in our heads? Even hers bothered me. Yeah, it bothered me as well. Thank you, Mark Norman. Because you because you don't need to do that in this day and age. No. 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 And then girls will go, wow, I can't believe we're uh, talking about moles. <laughs> yeah. I have so much to talk to uh, Mark about. But I'll finish it up with this. Then, then you, I mean, when you feel comfortable, and you try to tell someone, get rid of that fucking mole. Yeah. And then they're like, and I'll say it like that, get rid of that fucking mole. <laughs> then they're like, ah, yeah, but it'll leave a scar. I'm like, right. it's better than uh, than looking like you have a piece of shit on your face. Yeah, I don't see any scarring on you. No, man, I'm beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you look good. <laughs> Plus, we are lucky enough to get a little scruff. Yes. You can cover anything with some Yeah, scruff. you can hide some of that. But, uh... Mark Norman is here. He's one of my favorites, and I I apologize that I haven't got you on the podcast sooner. Oh, but, no, it's good to be here. But uh, we're we're finally doing it. This is uh, Robert. He's hey, also Rob. known as How are you? He's also known as Littlefoot. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, uh, he says he has like a size seven, but it's like a, seven and a half. It's like a five and a half, uh, maybe a six. <laughs> oh, I thought you were Native American. That's <laughs> a, it's my like blues a, name yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Choctaw. All right, well, Littlefoot. Yeah, they are pretty dainty. Those Look, little they work. hoofs you got there. Yeah, and I I learned uh, Babe Ruth. Uh, yeah, right. we learned that Babe Ruth had small feet. See, I'm that, in good company. And that's why he was such a good runner. Because he, uh, he, yeah, he did run a little like a little well, pansy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, you know who else? John Wayne. John Wayne had small tiny, feet. Tiny. If you go to L.A., the the Walk of Fame there, he's got the tiny little uh, feet uh, imprints. That's in the right. Cement. So, oh, that's why he was so angry. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> the story's about John Wayne. You know, right? Yeah. He was a bit on the angry side, so... Anyway, Mark, I, uh, I you know, I, I haven't talked to you in a while, so I was just kind of doing research, and then I, I got in, I got caught up in watching you on local TV around America. Uh, <laughs> is that out there? It could be my favorite thing in the world. I didn't know that was uh, available. Because you don't give a shit. That's what I've always liked about you. You don't care about the PC culture and the social nah, justice nah. warriors and what you, what, what Louis, Louis C.K.'s up to and all that. You just let it fly, and you let it fly in these local news shows, and they are horrified, but they also adore you, and I think half of them want to have sex with you. You think so? Yes! I've tried with these local skanks in the morning, but, uh, you know, it's four in the morning, you're hungover, you got half a boner, it's so hard to be funny, it's hard to be on, and these people are so phony, you know? Like, if you say anything interesting, you can feel the cameraman and the producers like, oh, God, what's he going to say? And they're like, hey, we got funny man here, Mark Norman, he's going to be at a... Hilarities tonight. And yeah. uh, tell us a little about yourself, Mark. We hear you have a podcast. You're yeah. be like, yeah, it's a podcast where I go on and talk about who I fucked and who I, you right. know, had right. a fight with and all this. And yeah. they don't want to hear that. Well, you get the you get the cameraman uh, kind of chuckling. That's always the That's case. That's true. Those guys are hardcore old school guys, and and they're bored as hell yes. filming that local news crap. That's right. So when That's someone right. like you comes in, uh, they're they're very happy. And That's you can hear true. them chuckling in the background, and then. They always give you the hot, young uh, yes. news person that's coming up. Right. You're trying to touch her, and then you're like, ah, I think it's a Me Too movement now. And <laughs> Yeah, I think in a weird way, because they're so dead inside. They have to be so phony right. that after, they always give me like a, that was great, good stuff. Like a real like moment of, this was real. Yeah, I enjoyed know? my job today. Yes. I didn't have to, uh, you know, uh, act like a fucking phony. Yeah. So, yeah. Real quick. Mark brought along a couple clips of his morning news appearances. Let's listen to the cameramen laugh uncontrollably as if it's their first week on the job, and of course, the awkwardness of the host. 
whose days in this business will most likely last about as long as their looks will. Regardless, Mark's the perfect guest for these prompter-fed clones. Check it out. Welcome back here to New Day Cleveland. It is time for a little bit of a laugh. We need comedian Mark Norman in our lives. He'll be here at Hilarities this weekend. So welcome here into the into the studio. It's good to have you hey, here. Hey, good to be here. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. I'm a little hungover, a little gay, but uh, just glad to be here with you, sister. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I'm very happy to be here with you, too. All right. I, I, Sorry, no. just hiding my erection. I, no. But uh, yeah, no. this is great. I know you just love Slimans. Yeah, I had Slimans, so I'm really going to be on the toilet later. But, yeah. uh, boy, best corned beef in, in the Midwest, if you ask me. It's delicious. They, it's the size of your head. Yeah, yeah, and I ate way too much. But uh, at least everybody there was very attractive. That's good. No, I'm kidding. Okay. But uh, good, good, good grub there. Oof, still yeah, hurting. Yeah, I bet you are. I yeah, I've been farting it up in the green room, and uh, I think I scared and That's the... why the door was shut yeah. to our little smaller green room. Exactly. You were yeah, just trying yeah. to be polite. Um, we call it hot boxing. <laughs> really soaking it all in, because the smell of your own farts, for some reason, is enjoyable. If you farted, it'd be weird. But if I fart, I enjoy. I don't know why. Is that a guy thing? Maybe. Because I feel like I would. You would hear no woman would ever say something like that. No, no. you guys are more of a, maybe a queefing. Oh my gosh. But, okay. Uh, well, is that is that clean? That's no, a technical well, we're 10 a.m. TV. I mean, you know. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> 10 a.m. You know, you've up. You had your coffee, and your, your meth, or who knows what. So uh, yeah, we're all adults here. <laughs> I feel like women should hit on men more. Hit on us, ladies. You can say whatever you want to a guy. I had an old lady approach me once. She goes, ooh, I'm going to kidnap you. I was like, wow, I could never say that to a woman. <laughs> I said that to a lady. She calls the police. I would be curious to know what a woman could say that would offend me. Like, all right, I'm going to take you home, drug you, take advantage of you, and film it. I'd be like, all right, well, at least let me pay for the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Our next guest is a New Orleans native, but now resides in New York City, where he is taking the comedy scene by storm. And I can't believe what I'm going to get ready uh -huh. to read here. I know. This is a new intro for us. This is. He claims to have been a bedwetter as a kid, even <laughs> as an adult. Comedian Mark Norman, stand-up is anything but dry, and you can see for yourself this weekend at Side Splitters. But first... He's here with us. I gotta say, I knew you oh, were hey, a self. Sorry. Hey, don't wet you, yourself. I didn't there. know we were. Uh, <laughs> it happens. A little. It happens. Uh, well, th that was perfect for the intro then. Yeah. Good yeah. Timing on your behalf. Bed right? wetter till I was fourteen. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, a lot of ruined mattresses. It looked like a coffee filter. Oh. Uh, yeah, but I'm over it now. I'm good. Okay, that's good. Well, one thing that I've been able to kind of pick up is you do have that old self-deprecating humor, which sure. I, I do enjoy in mm -hmm. a comedian. I do hate myself. <laughs> Uh, I'm always drawn to people that, that hate me, I guess because we have so much in common. Oh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think most comics should be a little self-deprecating. It'd be weird if, it were, if I was just like, I'm great, I'm amazing, you know? So you got to make fun of yourself a little. Well, let t tell us a little bit about yourself. I wanted to hear about life growing up in New Orleans. It seems like such a cool area of the country. Very different than I think most others. Very different. It's pretty lawless down there. Very yeah. boozy. Uh -huh. uh, all my friends are, you know, pieces of garbage and uh, <laughs> doing nothing. And I, I love it there. You go back down there and you slip right back in. You're like, I'll have a cocktail at 9 a.m. And I'll uh, find Chasing a prostitute. alligators down there, too? Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. all silly. <laughs> I mean, if... 
Alligators is code for drugs. But, uh, <laughs> Back to you, Greg. I was I was watching you on Conan, and uh, you've done every talk show at this point. Almost all of them. Yeah, I got to do a Kimmel and a, and a Myers, and I got them all wrapped oh, up. Oh, you didn't do Kimmel yet? Well, Kimmel's the worst one. Everybody hates Kimmel. I have friends who've done it. And they're like, don't ever do Kimmel. You go to another room. Right. You do stand up. The crowd has to go with you to this really? stand up room. Right. And then uh, so now they're like jarred and like, what the hell's going on? And then you have to just do your act. No host. No warm up. And I don't know. Everybody so says how don't does do he it. I didn't know that. So he just intros the comic, and they're in another room waiting for the cue? No, no. He goes, all right, audience, we're going to go to the stand-up room. So they all walk into another oh, room with a stage, and then the comic comes out, and it's they, they're standing. They're not sitting. It's And now it's they're not worried good. they're not going to get their original seat back when yes. they go back into the other room. Maybe. That's a dumb way to do it's it. It's a horrible way to do it, and everybody bombs. Go watch a Kimmel set. They're all shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're all shit. And Rob Delaney had the famous one. You hear about him? No, no. He's this guy. Oh, I mean, I don't want to shit on the guy. He's a nice guy and a talented guy. But he had the worst late night set of all time. He didn't get one laugh. Right. He didn't get one tee-hee, not a ha. And they scrubbed it from the internet. And Kimmel was like, no more comedy after that. So, like, five years later, they started allowing comedy back. Well, it's his problem. It's his fault. He, I know. He needs to do it like all the old school guys, like Jay Leno and Letterman and uh, Carson, and do it right there with the with the audience. They're all relaxed. Of course. Of course, yeah. But That, that uh, is bizarre. It doesn't man. work. And these late night guys, they, they all wave you over now, right? So there's no, right, with Carson, it was the, if you did a good enough set, that was that rite of passage. If you got kind of, hey, come on over and sit and do panel. For yeah. Me. Right? Yeah. It's all set up ahead of time now, whether sure. you're doing it or not, right? Yeah, oh yeah. It's different now. I mean, back then, obviously, you do a late night now, it's just kind of for fun. You get like 800 bucks and a ride to the 30 Rock and all that. It's fun. But back in the day, it could make your career, and if you got waved over, it was legendary and all that, but now it's nothing. Now it doesn't matter at all. It's, yeah. But it, it, it's still exciting, man. I love it. I, I still have friends who are like doing well in the business. They're like, ah, blow that off. Come to the park. We'll have some beers. I'm like, I'm going to do Fallon. They're like, ah, blow it off. I'm like, what are you kidding? That's how little it means now. It's going to be 80 degrees today. We can see girls without bras. Yeah. Why, why do you want to do that Conan thing? Yeah. What are you wearing? A suit and makeup? Or what are you, Fallon. homo? Yeah, come on. But you are right. Uh, I remember the days a comic went on, like uh, especially Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. And then for a while there, Jay Leno and Letterman after that, and the whole career was made. Yeah. And then that guy felt the pressure. You, right. You've heard the stories of the Boston comics, right? Oh, with uh, uh, Lenny Clark and Stephen Wright got yeah. it, and they hated him. I think Stephen Wright was the first. Yeah. And then when he went back to Boston, they were all pressuring him to be like, "Hey, man, why don't you introduce us to your yes. new friends in Hollywood?" Exactly. So those days are over. Those days are over, unfortunately. You, do you see ticket sales go up after these appearances? No, not a wink. Th- it, this shit helps. Podcasting, anything right. viral, make your own video. Like if I, if I grabbed a girl's boob on the news, yeah, that would be, help me. Right. I mean, it would hurt me on Twitter, but it would help me. You know, Louis C.K. still sells out. <laughs> yeah, he does. Not saying I'm Louis, but you get it. But yeah, so like a viral video, a big pod, a big. Even a Netflix special, I don't know if is selling tickets. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all changed. It's all different. It's it's so, tough to sell. So you guys just gotta hustle your asses off, yeah. all the time, and try to uh, you know uh, build up the numbers. It's so true. Uh, you gotta like one of my friends just puts a bunch of clips on Instagram, and right. he sells out from that. Yeah, who? 
Uh, this guy Sam Morrell. Oh no, yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. he'll he'll just put up clips on Instagram. From, right. He did a Comedy Central special. No one sees that. Yeah. And you put the clips up, and people see the clips on yeah. the internet because yeah. it's shareable. Right. You can look at it whenever. It, Comedy Central comes on when it comes on, and you miss it. No, because we're all sitting there with our phones, just exactly. looking for just some dumb thing yes. that'll make us chuckle for a minute or exactly. two. Exactly. So, uh, man, the Louis C.K. thing. Uh, I was yelling. At, I, I, I'm, I'm defending him, and what I don't. I, I already know you defend Louis C.K. I don't even have to fucking <laughs> ask you. But there's a lot of guys out there like fucking w- want to jump on him and, and yeah. destroy him because it's like, ah, it's our moment to finally pull him back down to earth. And I'm yep. like, if he goes down for that bullshit, you're all going down for that bullshit. I don't get it. I mean, it's a weird time. Joey Diaz put it the best. He said, I have a bit in my act where I talk about beating the shit out of a guy and robbing him. Right. And nobody cares. Right. He's like admitting that. Like, I beat this guy up and took his wallet. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, that's great. Yeah. why? It, it's just weird because that's way worse. Right. But nobody gives a fuck. Of course. And that's just where we're at. We have these, like, uh, outrage du jour. Like, oh, now it's a Me Too thing. So yeah. now anything about that, you're fucked. Yeah. But, like, people have done, like, MLK, Gandhi. They're all, like, ex-womanizers and this and that. But they got off because, I, I don't know, it's like... Which one is it? Do we hate these people who who womenized, or do we not hate them? Yeah, it, it's it's false morality. First of all, that's what that's Mo- a big most part of, of it. the people don't give a fuck that Louis C.K. did that. Of set. course, it was of course. it was just his turn to get the abuse, right? And then the circus. If you hang in there long enough, I've been saying this on a, a couple podcasts now. If you hang in there long enough, that stupid circus will move on to the next person. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that happens every week. But to see your fellow comics going, ah, oh, you know, you know, at least make the material funny. I'm like, first of all, it was funny. It, it was might, funny. It might not be your cup of tea, but yeah. it was funny. Second of all, I mean, you're a comic, meaning the guys that were uh, trashing Louie, uh-huh. uh, as well as yourself, of course. Uh, you know how this stuff goes. He's still working on it and honing the of thing. Of course, of course. And then people think that uh, it, what a comic says in a, in a comedy club, especially like a late show, you guys will say stuff differently in in an early show that you'll do in a in a right, late show right, because yeah. you know like a late show they're a little looser and willing to take a little more. All this went into that whole Louis C.K. thing. I know. I mean, it I wasn't just... ready for the public. Sorry. No, I just don't care about anything. Like. People are like, uh, I, I'm one of these guys, I can separate the art. You know, right. Woody Allen did this. I know, but he's a good director. Right. I know, but he did this. I right. know, but he's good. Right. Also, you can do that with everybody. What if, what if Robert, you're a killer engineer, we'll say. Ooh. Let's say you fucked a kid, but I don't know you fucked a kid. Are you still a great engineer? But now, now if I find out you fucked a kid... Does that make your engineering shittier? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, just because someone did a bad thing doesn't mean they're not talented. I, so Louis C.K., that hour at, that he did at Governor's that got leaked, I thought it was hilarious. And then for people to go, well, you can't talk about school shootings. Well, you can't pick and choose. Right. Either, either we can talk about school shootings or we can't talk about anything. Right. You know? So I can't believe comics are attacking this guy. That's when I really got... Thank Actually, like you. that's my angle here today. I got emotionally hurt by that. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you expect the social justice warriors and Twitter and all that to go yeah, after people, yeah. go after something like that. That's like red meat for them. But to see uh, fellow comics doing it, I'm like, you're nuts. It hurt my feelings. Of and course, that's what we're, we because we now we're looking for outrage, right? You know, like you watch the Golden Globes intro, and it's like we're gonna make joke. For, "Quote unquote roasting." Hey, Bradley Cooper, you're hot. Like that's how scared we are. Yeah. We have to fucking tiptoe and dance around. We're so scared of offending, 
it, it's going to have the reverse effect. Everything is going to go the other way because this is this is how things work. You know, we got grunge, and then you get fucking uh, boy bands, right. and then you go back to this, and then it gets gangster rap. But everything has to flip flop. So course. if we're going to be so fucking uh, kid glovesy then it's going to go hard the other way, and it's coming, and these people aren't going to know what to do. Yeah, and, uh, you know, pretty, you can make fun of pretty much anything. Yes. Patrice taught me a long time ago you could take a, a topic very seriously and care about something, but you could also make jokes about that same topic. Right, right, exactly. And, and I don't think the the current generation, the younger generation, I wanted to ask you about this, I don't, I, do they get that? Do they do are are they edgy? Do they want to hear edge or, or do they want to hear everything just very? Uh... I think it's in them still. I mean, there's still people with loins and hormones and and angstiness. Yeah. So I think now they channel their angstiness. Whereas we go, I want to hear some dirty jokes. I want to hear curse words. I want to see some tits or whatever. When we were kids, that's how we were. But now it's like they channel all that anger and angst into. Fucking up your career. Right. Like, let's ruin this guy. He yeah. had blackface in, in 1948. Let's kill him! <laughs> you know? And it's like, when I was a kid, uh, people went trick-or-treating and dressed up like, you know, whoever the hell. An the, Indian. The, the, or an Indian. A, right. or, the, or the guy from the black guy from Ghostbusters. And right. nobody kept, black people were like, hey, that's a cute kid. Yeah. You know? And it was normal. So I'm not saying blackface is good. You know? People could quote all this shit and kill my career. But... You know, I'm, just, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it was a different time. I like, can I can help you with that, and and I'm not going for the joke, but a lot of people think it's black or white with the blackface issue. It's yeah. like no, uh, you know, you could have hate in your heart, yes, and and, and put blackface on because yes. you really want to be a dick toward you know African Americans, or you could be doing it because you're entering a Michael Jackson uh, contest, and you're and 19 you're years old, and, and it's 1983, and, and you're, you're dumb, and you're not yeah. thinking twice about right. it. I know. It's kooky. I mean, and plus the fact that we're talking about Virginia now, obviously. That was like 1984. Yeah. Has the guy cha- is the guy allowed to change? Right. Well, to your point, does that make him not an effective governor? Exactly. Or and- not an effective attorney general? Now, the lieutenant governor who allegedly well, he had a harass video. someone. You oh, know, well, that's the third that's a guy. different. That's a that's another. I mean, that whole state just needs. They to got shut three down. problems there. They right. got the original who wasn't sure if he was the Ku Klux Klan guy <laughs> or the right, or the right. Al Jolson, right? And then he admitted he was in the photo. Then he said, "Oh no, I'm not in the photo." Yeah. And then he realized he had to admit something. So then he admitted he was blackface for Michael Jackson uh, dance contest. Yeah. And then he was going to do the. Did you see where he was going to do the moonwalk? No. Oh my! They had a press conference. This is, this is awesome. Uh, they have this hilarious. press conference, this right? Is, this is made for you. Oh wow! So, and they. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Oh, they say they. So they. they go, that's where he says, "Well, I I did uh, dress in blackface once. I was dressed as Michael Jackson for a dance competition, and then he gets all like you could see him in his mind. He goes back to 1984 and he goes, and I won. I won for doing the moonwalk. Uh-huh. And there's a reporter that's that you know is going to ask a serious question and then changes it on the beat and goes. Hey, uh, can, can you still do the moonwalk? And, uh, and you watch the clip, <laughs> and the governor of Virginia goes, He's ready to do it. And his wife goes, What are you? F-? She didn't say this out loud, but you know how women can Inappropriate be. circumstances. With their faces. Yeah. She's basically looking at him are, are like, Are you insane? Wow. Don't moonwalk here. And he, wow. then he goes, And he's totally Deaf. like, you know. Cut, cut in half, right? Yeah. Balls are chopped off, and he goes. Uh, my wife says it's an inappropriate time for this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at, I'm at home laughing my ass off, and then you turn on all the news programs. Yeah, that's yeah. what I hear these days. Well, <laughs> couple things. Yes, we realized in 1980, whatever, we had a half hour of news. 
all the news was put into one half hour. Right. Now it's 24 hours. There's a crawl. There's 18 things, eight oh, screens behind you, sure. 16 people discussing, debating. So we need so much. Like back in, in 85, you went, some guy made a rape joke at a comedy club. We got to put that on the news. They'd go, what are you kidding? We got 12 dead in Syria. Get that shit out of here. Yeah. Now everything has to be news and everybody has to keep being outraged so they can keep up. Right. They can let you see how virtuous they are. Right. Like, look how good of a person I am. What's next? Right. Ah, shit, we got nothing. Pull out a yearbook. Yeah. Pull out a yearbook. Okay, we got something from 84. Right. Great. All right. right. You got to keep pulling shit out. Yeah. That's why it keeps changing every two days. Like, now we hate Norm MacDonald. Oh, that's over. All right, now we hate Kevin Hart. Oh, that's over. Yeah. What's next? You got to just keep fueling that fire. It's like these... These Vikings, they go to one town, they rape everybody, they te- eat all the food, then they go, well, shit, there's nothing here. And then they go to another town. Yeah. That's what people are doing with these outrage why, cultures. Why are we allowing it to happen? Is my Because it's, we're scared. We're all scared of but, losing our job. Yeah, but there's no there's no real morality behind it. And it's so no. obvious to me. And it's like, just hang in there. Uh, and, and like I said, the circus will f- fucking leave town, man. Yeah, I mean. And, and with, the, with the governor of Virginia, I, I'm sitting there like, at least discuss... That yes, it was 1984. That's a part of it. Is this a Halloween party? Because when I was in, um, we're not Gen- discussing. I never did blackface, but I will say this: when I was in Geneseo, we we did the most outrageous Halloween costume. It was a thing to, that happens to this yes, day, yes. pretty much. We did that too. Was 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 that what this was all about? Uh, does that mean there's hate in his heart? And, uh, uh, is he still that same guy if he was a hateful right, person? Right. Like, none of that was discussed. We found this in a yearbook. You got to resign. And like, exactly. whoa, there's way more to discuss. And it came out now. The guy's been the governor of Virginia for a year or whatever. And it and it comes out now that somebody went and tried and, and went and found his medical school yearbook. So this is, he's a graduate student. Yeah. He's, a, he's a doctoral uh-huh. candidate. So why are we? Does it matter? I mean, wouldn't all of that vetting have come out before? Yeah, if it, yeah. If it, if it didn't matter. Well, well, they blew it because you know, like going back to Mark's point, everyone is right now. People are looking right now to try to get someone that's uh, way more famous than me in a lot of trouble. They're, yeah. they're they're just searching and searching and trying to find shit. Yeah, and I'm surprised they didn't find that. So you're somebody telling, dropped the ball. So you're telling me that when I dressed in drag in college. For a talent show, yeah, and there's a picture of that in my high school, college yearbook. That somewhere down the road, somebody's somebody's gonna get offended because I no, dressed man. in drag. No, you're you're good, man. Trannies are all the all the rage now. <laughs> You, well, should, it, you should be president of the United States. <laughs> That's true. It's I, ironic because we're so contradictory. Like. Like uh, if a guy hires, let's say you run a a, a corporation and you go, I'm going to hire this ex-con. He murdered eight people, raped 12 women. I'm going to hire him. What a great guy. You go, look at you hiring this minority who's got a horrible record. But then with like Louie, they go, oh, fucking tear him to pieces. String him up. Right. Crucify him. But it's like, well, what happened to rehabilitation? Of course. You know, he's been through a lot. It was 12 years ago. He's had two kids. He's been through therapy. He's given a lot of money to this and that. Right. Why aren't we... I feel like we hold certain people to a higher standard, and it, that's kind of this innate, I don't want to say racism or prejudice, but it's like, well, he's a, he's a rich white guy. He should have known better. Look, look he's guilty of being a creep, but, yeah. but he, he wasn't uh, convicted of anything. And he asked. I mean, I, I don't, we don't, you know, yeah, don't want to get into know, all of it. But, but there was well, also contrition, right? He, he was, when it came to light, he pulled himself out of the line. I mean, he was going to force, but, but again, went through this whole soul-searching thing, What was, uh, you know, was sorry for it. Yeah. The the difference, I think, 
And I don't like people that have lumped Louis and Bill Cosby into the same sentence because what yes, was yes, that I he agree. was convicted. I agree. He never apologized or gave any wiggle room that somebody's, you know, Cosby stuck to his to the point where he was it became ugly and angry. And now it's more difficult to separate the art from his actions as a you know, that he because then when you find out he's been doing it the whole time and hurt people. Right. Yeah. Whereas this is like I'm just being. Yeah, but but to, to Mark's point, I I think uh, I think uh, Woody Allen is a creep and disgusting. <laughs> but I, but he makes some fine movies. I'll still yeah. watch his fine movies. Yeah, it's I like, can separate the two because he's not in my stupid same. life. Ray Rice is still a good athlete. Right. Whether he hit a woman or not, and I'm not approve. I don't approve of hitting a woman. That was a crazy video. Yeah. But like, come on. It shouldn't. It. Sh- I'm not saying he should work. I'm just saying it shouldn't matter. I hate this whole like. Well, Louis was never funny. Like, oh, shut up. Oh, he was the best God. ever. It, what are you kidding? That, like, let's not be children here. That's all jealousy from a bunch of your fellow comics, man. Yeah. You, you warmed up for uh, Louis C.K. back yeah, in the day. Sure. You're one of his guys. To say Louis's not funny. Uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, dare I say he's he's brilliant at what he does. Of course, everybody knows and, that. And going to Ray Rice, I didn't think we were going to talk about Ray Rice today, but he never got a second chance, even though his wife basically stayed with him and said, we're good now. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, all that happened. Wow. Well, there you go. She never left him. I mean, she took it seriously, what happened and all that, and then said, but I'm sticking by him, and we're going to work through this, and... You haven't heard a peep from uh, that couple since. Yeah. But the NFL, but it's not good enough for the NFL for some reason. Yeah. And I, he never got another chance. Well, we're just going off buzzwords now, like Liam Neeson. Okay, oh. this guy goes, I wanted to, I, my friend got raped by a black guy, so I wanted to go find a black guy and beat the shit out of him. That was something like, is that what he said? Yeah, something like basically. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And he's, years ago, right? And now he's admitting, I had this crazy thought. It was a, a horrible idea. I'm sharing it with you. Yeah. I realized it was insane. And now we're mad at him. He's like, no, I had a horrible thought, which right. I'm a human being I'm allowed to have, and I didn't do anything, but yeah. we're still mad. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Like, and he's crazy. trying to, teach, to make it into a teaching moment of now. Of Yes. But we hear, oh, white guy wants to fight black guy. That's it. Right. We got enough. It's like we got enough for a potion or we got enough for a stew. Cook yeah. it up. Yeah. There we go. That's all we need is certain ingredients. We got white guy, hates black guy, fighting, rape. Put it all together. We got a stew. And then you wonder why no one wants to open up and just have like uh, yeah, exactly. discussions about anything, race yeah. or what, what have you. And, and uh, really fast about the blackface. Did you see the Gucci sweater before we wrap up this whole I blackface? I did. I did see that. Uh, what do you think of that? And Gucci <laughs> has to like apologize for basically being racist, and they yeah. know, they know when they made that sweater. If you don't know, it's like a turtleneck. You pull it up, and uh, the the sweater goes to right under the nose, and then there's a hole with uh, giant red lips. Yeah, and it's so, a black sweater. That's, it's a black yeah, sweater. Right. Gucci's thinking cool design, whatever for winter. I, I think it was an ugly sweater, sure. but but I'm not abroad, so who knows what they like. But uh. All of a sudden, they have to apologize for being racist when they should have just said, look, that was not our intention. We're right? Italian. We and, don't know any better. And, and, and I'm sorry people <laughs> were offended, but that wasn't what we were going for. And we're going to keep the fucking sweater in stores. Are they keeping it? No, that's what they should have ah. done. But instead, they always they always cave and fold. The next thing, they, they feel like they have to admit to things they know are wrong yes. just to make it all go away. <laughs> we're going to take the sweaters out of all the stores. We'll burn them. Don't worry. Well, blah, they're not. Blah, blah. Uh, you know, are they really going to burn them? I mean, the irony of this whole thing is, you know what happens to all those clothes that get pulled out of stores? It's, you know, the, 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 we're all the L.A. Rams, Super Bowl, oh, we yeah, won, sure. right? That's, a, that's, that's my... Uh, it all ends one, up in Africa. Yeah, that's one of my... <laughs> that's hilarious. That's one of my oldest bits. Yeah, right now, <laughs> right now, somewhere in Africa, they're wearing uh, the L.A. Rams uh, <laughs> Super Bowl champion <laughs> T-shirts, but and then uh, Katy Perry. This happened, I think, today or yesterday. She's got black shoes with a face on them. 
Uh huh. That's blackface. Oh hey. wow! I see. I wouldn't even have thought that, no. but now you're telling me that. So now I have a more of a racist thought. No, you're no. putting racist thoughts into my head. But no, no free-thinking human being actually looks at Katy Perry's dumb shoes with a face on a black shoe right. and thinks blackface. So now that's a problem. Oh, wow. Look it up on Twitter when you get home. That's there, what I'm Marky. saying. We, we need the firewood. you got to keep that fire, that outrage fire going. What else? we got black shoes with a face. I'll take it. Right. We'll take anything now because we got to keep the outrage fire going. It, it's, it's so scary. I feel like, I mean, I hate to sound like uh, Grandpa Norman, but... It feels like we have such little to do. We have zero problems. I mean, we got some crazy shit going on, obviously, but things are better than they've ever been. Right. There's no war, really. Like, no one's thinking about the war. There's no famine. There's no get out there and till the field. Right. You just wake up. You make a cup of coffee. You jerk off. You look at Instagram for four hours. You go on Facebook. You tweet. Right. You read the news. You go, who, who are we... Uh, who are we lynching today? Who's going to get the guillotine? Yeah. Let's all talk about it. And then you get Grubhub and you you go to bed. Yeah. So we gotta we have to make up. That's why anybody with any victimhood seems better than us. You know they go, oh you're you're oppressed. You should you should be the president or you should be in charge. You oh you have this. You're adopted. Anything with any kind of oppression or a hardship right. is now like elevated and put on a pedestal. Oh, yeah. Because of that. Because we used to all have it. Right. We used to all have a hardship. He got the measles. He got the plague. He died, you know, in a, in the war or whatever. Now we now we're looking for it. I th- I think it uh it's a lot of people that have hate and and fear and pain. Yeah. And this is how they express it, unfortunately. I think you're right. Let's and go after someone today. And then it's a tidal wave. Yes. And then it's like, well, do you, you don't care about Louis C.K. anymore? Now who are we moving on to today? Because I can't keep track anymore. I know. I and, just can't keep track of this shit. And they people just want to feel heard. And this is their way of having an opinion, having a personality. Right. You know, and it's, I don't know, it's. It can't last, but I'm not that smart. Why can I see this? And they can't. These yeah. are smart people who do this. I, I'm going to I'm gonna say something that most people wouldn't say. I think Amy Schumer is really fucking brave. Oh, really? And, and, you, and you, uh, you were with her for seven or eight years. Do you still tour with her? No, no. I, I, I'm doing my own headlining. No, stuff. and, you, and you're, you're, you should be. You're at that point. But uh, I was just talking to her last night. Mark uh, met Amy Schumer about seven or eight years ago. I think the story goes, you were having a, I think you were having a bad set. I was, yeah. And she was walking through the room and heard one joke that killed. The rest of the set, Mark, you have said this, that it was just mediocre and yeah. kind of a bad mm-hmm. set. And then next thing you know, she's in the green room and uh, inviting him on tour. And that yeah. was right before she was already moving. Yeah. And then you were part of the rocket ship. You I were, saw the whole thing. You were, you were, uh, you went from touring with Amy Schumer in the back of like a Delta flight, let's say, yep. to uh, private jets like yep. that. Yeah, it was like within three years, she was four seasons, arenas, private jets, the whole thing, helicopters, helicopters. It was pretty wild. I went by the helipad today on uh, Hudson. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I've been on that, and it had like a weird moment, but. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. Like, what what was it? She would just call you up and go get to the helipad. Uh, helip- no, the, pad. The, we're we're her, on our way. Her assistant would send me an email like, "This is the itinerary for today," and you had to be fucking on time, or they'd leave your ass. And she's very punctual and just gets shit done. And so I'd show up twenty minutes early. We'd jump jump on the uh, the helicopter and go to fucking Philly or whatever, and do a gig and come back that night. How was that, Mark? It was pretty amazing, and I. I don't think I realized what I had while I had it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, I would, I'd be on a jet, and she'd have, like, filet mignon and lobster on a jet. And I was like, well, hey, it's another Saturday night. Then I'd be <laughs> home by midnight, you know, half drunk from 
super expensive scotch right. and be like, well, that was crazy. I just performed for 10,000 people, and uh, now what do I do? Let's see who's up for fucking me. <laughs> and, and, and you would start in New York, and you would go to bed in New York, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How crazy is you, you that? You got a gig in D.C. It takes 28 minutes to get there on a jet. Right. And then you do the gig at 8. You left the house at 7. Right. Do the gig at 8, packed out theater, some, you know, daughter of the American Revolution, 5,000 people, 10,000 people. She kills, you get back on the jet, go home, and you're having dinner at a Sardi's. Wow, wow, wow. It was wild. The reason I say uh, that she's brave is because, you know, she doesn't have to speak up about these uh, hot-button issues in America, and she's used her fame to speak out. That's true. And that isolates a lot of people, man. It does. I wouldn't do it. I don't have the guts, or I don't care. I guess I'm selfish- I just would just be like, I'm going to just keep writing jokes. Yeah. And she's doing a new special, so she's still working as well yeah. and pregnant. Yeah. But I would just go, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm a comic. I don't need to do this shit. Right. But I think I think there's something to being super rich and and wanting to give back. I, I Maybe there's a guilt to it. I don't know, because you see, like, Chelsea Handler's doing it a lot now. Yeah. Schumer. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of big stars. Judd Apatow. They, they want to give back. And uh, maybe I don't have. I still have that poor kid uh, in me, so I, I don't have that. I, I just wish Judd would explain what Louis was doing. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> well, I know. Other, I know he's a very. I understand, and I know he's a very influential uh, person in your field. So we'll leave it alone. But that one really frustrated me hey. personally. But anyway, we all want to do crash. Yeah, I know. And and, and I've <laughs> talked to Judd over the years. I'm like, I want to say, Judd, you know how the process of putting a, a set together goes. But whatever. Uh, and just because I say Amy Schumer's brave doesn't mean I necessarily uh, agree with her politically on everything, but she could easily just not yeah. do that, but she has chosen to do that. Because even me saying this, I'm going to get a lot of bullshit over that. And I'm dumb. I'm not smart like you because I I take shots at both sides. So I right. So now both sides get mad at me. I know, I know. And, you... and as soon as I go after Trump, which is so easy because he does a lot of stuff, Dumb yeah, stuff on a, totally. on a daily basis that if you're a guy that's trying to make people laugh and try to go for jokes, it's pretty – he gives you a lot of material. Yeah, he's and a And next dumbo. thing you know, you check your Twitter and you're a libtard and you're right, a snowflake right. and you're this and that. And you go, hey, I've made fun of Hillary as well. I've made fun of Obama. But, yeah, maybe I make fun of Trump more. But there's more material there. Sure. Yeah, it's just easy. I, that's why I don't make fun of Trump because it's too easy and everybody's oh, really? doing it. Yeah. So I'm like – people go, what, do you support Trump? I'm like, no, it's just – the joke's been made. You watch Colbert, then you click through to Fallon, then you click through to Con- They're all making the same joke. Right. So I'm like, ah, fuck this. Well, I'll say this about those guys. I, I just wish they would balance it out more. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They do lean a little uh, to the left with their jokes, and, and it's hard to defend because people go, I can't watch Saturday Night Live or any of those talk show hosts because, you know, they just uh, they just trash Trump in the right. And, and you know, I mean, I still laugh at SNL, and uh, I definitely still laugh at the, the late-night shows, but... Ah, they kind of have a point. I, I do sure. wish some of these guys would just balance it out, you know, and, and take shots uh, on, on both sides. But I, I agree. I mean, I would just rather no. I hate political comedy. I never liked. Oh, it. really? I never lie. I never got it. A, it all just changes in four years. Now you got to write a new joke, right? And I, I don't know. I like jokes about humanity and people, and you know. Groups and reality, real stuff like relatable shit, dating and drinking and parents yeah. and all that. So I don't know. To me, it's like, can you believe what Mueller said? I'm like, well, hold on. Now I got to Google Mueller. <laughs> uh, who the fuck's? Oh, he's the secretary of what now? What do they do now? Now I'm in the judicial system and I'm on the branch of government. Fuck that. Just tell me about your dick. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I, I never have. I don't. I don't believe in either side. And as much as I say that, people still think. Uh, but geez, <laughs> talk about uh, what do you call it? biased? Right. You know, like. Somebody made a good point, a friend of mine. He goes, uh, you know, the left is all about strong women. We want a strong, independent woman. And he's like, well, you know who the strongest woman is? Huckabee Sanders. Right. She's getting a shit sandwich thrown at her every day. She's got to listen to Trump's bullshit. And right. she still goes out there on the TV and delivers. Who's stronger than that? And they go, well, we don't like her. She's on the right. You're like, I know, but you got to admit she's strong. They go, fuck her. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm too neutral. Like when Bill Maher – sorry, I'm going off here. No, go. This when is the Bill, good stuff. Bill Maher said – Terrorists, you got to admit, they're brave. And he got canned right, and yelled right. at. But he's right. They're right, brave. So right. I can see it both sides. These right. fucking cun-guzzling Nazi jizz-faced <laughs> twats, they, they're so brainwashed by their own dick and their own semen that they're guzzling that they can't see yeah. that certain things, just because they're not on your side, are still a fact. Yeah. We have to have a reality here. We have to have facts. Right. Ah! I, I don't like Sarah Sanders because I want her just to one time say, I don't believe half the shit I don't, I'm, I'm saying. I'm with you. But you got to admit, she's tough. No, she is tough. She takes a lot. Lot on a on a daily basis. Know who I really like is Anthony Scaramucci. I didn't think I was going to like him. The Mooch. Do you know the Mooch? I'm, a, I'm aware of the Mooch. He sat in that uh, seat. Is that right? Yes. He had a great time. We hit it off. He he actually apologized to me uh, because I've been trying to get him on the podcast with the whole wall thing and this uh-huh. and that. Because he has really good angles on things. Because he, he knows that Washington is full of shit. Yeah. He obviously leans right, but he also knows that Washington is broken, and I love talking to the guy. Uh-huh. And then he gets he gets back to me. He goes, oh, sorry, man. I was in the Big Brother house. I, 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 I should have got back to you sooner than I did. <laughs> he was that celebrity Big Brother. With, with Tom Green and the rest of them. Oh, God, that's a tough room to be in. Yeah, no kidding. So. A, lot of, a lot of B. Uh, oh, my God, Mark. We just went off on a tangent. Wait, I love last it. thing I'll say, and yeah, this please. is why it's hard being an American right now, because there's no, there's no uh, concrete anything. Like, here's an example. Yeah. Okay, gender is fluid now. Right. It's all fluid. You're not a man. You're not a woman. We're all binary. And I go, okay, I'll accept that. Great. Got it. But then when a guy transitions into a woman, he goes, I'm 100% woman. Fuck you. I'm a woman. And you go, yeah, you're a woman. But I thought we were all fluid. Right. Which one is it? Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> why it's tough. I love it. You gotta, everybody picks and chooses what's what, you know? So My, my take on this, so obviously I'm older than you by a bit. Uh, when I was growing up, we didn't even talk about gay. Right. All right. And now you fast forward a, a few decades here, and now you want guys that, that are as old as me to just immediately accept the whole transgender thing. And my my whole thought on this is no hate in my heart, but give me a little time sure, to sure. digest this shit because it's coming at us fast now. Yes. It's and, unbelievable. And why can't but we it, talk it, about it? And if you don't, they're like, oh, you, you got hate. I'm like, no, I don't. Yes. No, no, I don't. And that's another thing. How can you tell me what I hate? I can't tell you what gender you are. You right. can't tell me what I hate. You don't right. know what's inside me. Right. I had a transgender help me out at a candy store, and I was still incredibly uncomfortable. Because <laughs> it was just weird. It's still weird to me. Yeah. I, 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 I'm happy for that person sure. and all that. I, I do have love for people. I live in New York City. If you don't, my God, you see this, this uh, you know, all the time. 
but it's just hippie like am i am i uh, behaving correctly right, am i exactly. gonna say the wrong thing yep. i know i might say uh mister by accident yeah because the makeup was a little not, not right yet right right it seems like th- he's still th- uh, see i just said it uh, yeah, she's trying yeah. to figure it all out and i'm panicking and i'm now i'm buying stuff i don't even want to buy i know <laughs> In- intent is gone <laughs> intent is out you you have good intentions you're just trying to figure it out you're trying not to get in right. trouble but intent is out it's all about what you say no you're supposed to accept it immediately right or you're a hateful person, and exactly. I'm here to say, no, 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 give, just give us a little more time. Yeah. You know? We'll get there. But Most of us will get there. Right. You're tolerant of them. Be tolerant of me. Right. How about you show me a little tolerance? Because with uh, Caitlyn Jenner, yeah. I say Bruce all the time, and they're like, oh, that's an insult to Caitlyn. I'm right. like, that's how I know that person. You grew up with Bruce. I grew up with Bruce Jenner, the Olympic champion on the Wheaties box and, and, and right. all that. Caitlyn was not on the Wheaties box. Caitlyn didn't do these things. Bruce did those things. So right. we're going to talk about what happens and today. You talk about Caitlyn, but the history of and, this is that person. And if his own kids call him dad, oh, do why they? can't I say Bruce? Oh, that's interesting. Right? So that means you're you're insulting the person. Right, you're, right. You have hate, and I'm like, oh, my God, But no. there's people listening to this going, oh, these fucking assholes, they're so insensitive. and It's like, we're just people, too. We, we, why are you yelling at us? It's <laughs> almost like they put us on this pedestal, like, you should know. You should be good. Well, then you should be good. Yeah. Let, give us some give, you know? Yeah, Well, I course. think the intolerance is immature, right? I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was watching this a conversation – with these overly judgy people, right? Um, it's like having a conversation with a 20-year-old college student at an art school. Yeah. And I went to an art school, so I know what that's like, you know, the performing types, where it's they know everything because they've just come out of a, a, a Meisner acting class, so they know how to do all this emotion, and they're in touch with themselves, and fuck it, you better, and you better too, because I get it instantly. Yeah. It's immature because... You're going to change your opinion by the time you're 40 years old, and you've you've lived a little bit. So right. uh, we need that beat. We we need yeah. that beat. We need a, a little breath or two. Uh, you know, before you got here today, Mark, I was I was looking at some old stuff, and the day I knew I loved you for real. Do you remember the swimsuit model? Oh video? yeah. So Nina Agdal, who's now huge, is she, but she gained weight. No, I mean oh, 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 <laughs> famous. Oh. <laughs> She Sorry. came in for the swimsuit issue. This is about uh, two or three years ago. And that was when the world was introduced to Ashley Graham, who's now That's right. massively huge. Yes. And massive. Yes. And we're all going through this po- dog and pony show on, on my old radio show. And uh, and Nina's there going, look how beautiful she looks. And we're all like looking around the room like we don't know how to break it to this one. And then Mark just went all in. And he wasn't... He, it was more the jokes were there, by the way, but the, but the honesty I love. It comes back to everything I've been saying. I love because it's like, look, not every guy is gonna find a a, a fat woman in a bikini sexy. I'm sorry. Right, right, and that's not my fault. I'm right. sorry. This is how I'm I'm wired. If you like a gay guy, if you're attracted to men, why can't I be attracted to thin women? Right. You're not, attracted to what you're attracted to. But not every thin woman in a bikini is attractive well, of either, course, by the of way. Of course, yeah. Hey, Greg brought along a clip from his old job, the one he was fired from. The one that sounds like they're in an actual broadcasting facility and not in a spare broom closet. And for the record, I wouldn't kick Ashley Graham out of my pantry. I'd give her the all-you-can-eat plan. I think they're going to have a few bigger girls in this issue, too. I'm yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. Fun, really? Really? Nice. Bigger girls. Like a Latifah? Just showing that, you know. No, what? Ashley Graham is in there. Who? Mm-hmm. Ashley Graham. Oh, she's a real pig. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I'm joking. But he said bigger girls. Who? 
I'm gonna not come. I don't she know did. who that is. I, I don't think she took that one well. Up. Look, Look, she's hot. You right, said bigger girls. No, not Ashley Green. <laughs> Ashley Graham. Graham. That that Graham. No, not Graham. Graham. She's a real pig. She's a fucking heifer. No, come on, you guys. Bovine whore. Dude is not having it. Let me oh, not yeah. Having it. Look at right, let me take a look at this. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, All that's right. a full-figured gal. Hot. She's a bit on the big side. But okay, kinda, but she's uh, nice. That's uh, a little, little she's jiggly nice. for me. Yeah? Yeah, you can tell when you slap, but it rolls for a week. Stop <laughs> it. Jesus. Wait, I can't with you guys. I'm joking. I'd love to eat her out. My mom's calling me. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it's, you know, but good for her. You don't God want every guy. You don't want every guy going. Yeah, that's you know, that's that's great. But see, I don't. What what bothers me is all right. We all have to accept this. Hey, she's hot. Yeah, yeah. But if a if a guy who's five four comes in, everybody makes fun of him. You know, we got to have it both ways. How come the five four guy can't get any love? All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for the support, fellas. Yeah. Just saying. All right, so we got chunky gals. That's we got to high five her. But how about the bald guy? Nothing. Bald guys. Kelly Savalas, Yul Brynner, Michael Jordan, Lex Luthor. We do all right. Back to you, Greggy Poo. But you you let it out, and Nina's like she just wants to leave, and I, and you just went all in. And then there was an older woman. And you, just... Oh, yeah. I just want to start a show called Which One Is It? Right. You know, like so you say big is beautiful. So why do you go to the gym every day? You know, and if how come if a guy loses weight, we throw him a party? Right. I thought it was beautiful. Shouldn't right. we? Shouldn't we shame him for right. losing weight? Right. Like, what if you did that with any other group? Hey, I used to be Jewish and I got converted. We'd never go. Congratulations! You right. look amazing. You were gross before. Well, the problem with our society these days, once again, is black or white. There's a lot of middle ground. A lot of man. nuance. There's a there's a lot of uh, big. Big gals that could be sexy and, of and are sexy. Yes. But then, you know, you put a big girl in the, a swimsuit issue and we're all immediately supposed to think that's the most amazing, sexiest thing we've ever seen in our lives. Yeah. See, it the, doesn't work that way. The problem is you can talk all day, but it's still about what's in you. Right. You know, like you can go, well, uh, Christina, what's her name? Kirstie Alley is gorgeous. And you're like, I don't think she's gorgeous. Well, she's gorgeous. And you're like, I'm sorry. I don't, it's in there. Like, that's yeah. who I am. You yeah. can't change that. We, Women always talk about how hard they have it, and women do have it hard, but blame biology. Right. You got pregnant. You have a menstruation. You got hormones. It's like someone fucked you. It wasn't me. God fucked you. Right. So get mad at biology. <laughs> like, So right. shoot the messenger. Exactly. Ah, That's right. all worked up. Uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to go back uh, in time with you, but we uh, we went off on a tangent See, there. you're good at this. You're a good oh, uh, radio you, host. Oh, thank you, Mark Norman. You I appreciate me- that. You get me uh, going. Oh, that's good. But that's where you get the good stuff. By the way, I think that Outrage Fire is a great title for your next special. Oh, did I say that? Several times. Yeah. Oh, Outrage Fire. Yeah. All right. All we'll right. write it down and we'll put it on a piece of paper for you, Mark, if you want to take that suggestion. Good. Uh, My old was Dumpster Fire, so uh, that's better. But Mark, ha- Mark has a really good story. Uh, you know, you grew up in New Orleans. Yep. Uh, I remember you talking about living in basically a mansion that wasn't so nice on the inside. Yeah. And I remember I'm going to tell everyone what I remember about Mark Norman, and uh, and it got broke into a, a lot oh, because yeah. people just assumed that this mansion uh, must have great stuff inside. Yeah. Right. And nothing. Nothing. We had nothing. It was dilapidated. The paint was coming off the walls. Uh, we had mice. We some rooms didn't have electricity. We had those like mechanics lamps hanging up. We also had a transgender nanny. Named really? Enos, who was this big black guy who took care of us, and at night he would do burlesque with like high heels on and shit. 
And he eventually got killed because some guy was hooking up with him, saw the dick, and he killed him. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, New Orleans. never told that story. Oh, yeah, New Orleans is a wild, lawless place. Like, I grew up in a, in a rough black neighborhood in yeah. a mansion. Yeah. And so whenever people are like, hey, what do you – you don't know anything about minorities. I'm like, what, are you kidding? They beat the shit out of me. <laughs> like, right. I've been, I've been hanging out with them. I've been in contact with them since I was two. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was just a weird upbringing. So then eventually my parents ran out of money trying to – keep the place afloat and they had to turn the back of it into an airbnb and so now we got like chinese businessmen eating breakfast with us dancing women uh bands and shit so it's just a weird weird way to grow up we uh we're similar so oh, I, yeah? I grew up uh, in a big house on Long Island. My dad had money at one time, and then, long story short, not not so much. And then the kids, one of seven kids, were all moving out. They still need to pay their bills, so they start getting tenants. Oh. And everything from my brother's bikes getting stolen for drug money when they were just 12, 13, wondering where their brand-new 10 speeds went. Uh-huh. Uh, my brother, way too young to find one of the tenants in the, in the woods ODing. Oh, uh, wow. What else? There's a oh my mom uh, looking at her spoons and wondering why they they all had burn marks like oh. like the little Mickey Mouse spoon from Disney yeah that was a little souvenir spoon all of a sudden had a burn mark in the middle how about and, that and we're all like uh, someone's doing drugs and the heroin in the fucking house mom Jesus and then my room that I grew up in you know I finally uh, one of the tenants moved out I was you know and I, I'm going down memory lane I go back to my old room there's burn marks all over the rug whoa yeah look all at that. Like and then their last tenant, this is the best, last tenant who was a really, really nice guy. My, uh, my, my dad dies in a car accident outside the house I grew up in um, since I was five years old. We had this house in the family the, forever. My mom still lived there by herself with her last tenant. It comes oh. down to this guy, right? She's already lonely and sad, lost my uh, dad, right? Uh, most of us are pretty much living our lives. We don't get to come around as much as we should. Anyway, uh, the Suffolk County police knock on the door. Uh-oh. And they go, do you know so-and-so? And my mom goes, yeah, you know, he's my tenant. He lives upstairs. And the police officers go, well, he's not going to be coming back. What Uh-oh. happened? Turns out he freaking puts his car on the train tracks in Green Lawn. I'm going real local with this. Uh-huh. And took his own life. Whoa. And left a note on the windshield where he lived and all. And then I guess when they went to his room, they found the suicide note. Whoa, that's how he went? By train? By train. Wow. He was a good guy, too, man, but obviously had demons. Yeah, but, I mean, what a way you could shoot yourself, take pills, anything, but a train, that is old school. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Good for him. I mean, I I respect that. (laughs) And going back, so. That's brave. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. And and, uh, the one that isn't brave is drowning. I don't know how you do that. You fucking put some heavy shit on your 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 feet and jump in. That, what do you mean? You how do you do it? You don't think that's brave? Well, I I guess it's brave, but I guess yeah. What am I trying like to say? Like jumping off a bridge? Well, uh, that takes guts. Well, yeah. the jumping off the bridge is a pretty amazing thing because you might survive that, and then you that's have a true. great story to tell for a long time. Yeah. No, what I mean is I can't imagine if you're going to kill yourself. You that's what I meant to say. You, you try drowning yourself. That's got to be insane. Yeah. Because somewhere in there you're thinking, why am I doing this? Yes. And, and now there's no turning back. Which yes. Some of these other things is turning back, right? The only thing more brave is the guy who lights himself on fire. Yes. That guy's nuts. Yes. <laughs> that is it. Because it takes a while. Yeah. And you feel and you it. feel every inch of it. Yeah. I talked to a suicide uh, survivor. He jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, 
I, I asked a simple question. I'm like, what were you thinking as soon as you jumped? Know what, is, what he said? Mm. I don't want to do this. Is that right? Immediately. Interesting. And, and I say it again because I know there's people out there that think about this shit. And the guy that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, his thought as soon as he jumped was, I don't want to die. Wow. And he's one of the lucky ones. He did survive. Is he fucked up? Uh, no, he, he did all right. He's, uh, it's, it was a documentary that I, I saw about the Golden Gate Bridge. The Bridge. The Bridge, yeah. I've seen it, yeah, yeah. So I talked to the guy that survived. Oh, wow. That's a million years ago. But So now i got to go back again because I'm a, I'm a parent, and we are so paranoid who watches our kids. Uh-huh. And you, your parents had a, 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 a tranny. yeah. That did burlesque at night watching you guys. That's big. amazing to me. Was he a, a nice person? Very I nice. I would assume he was. Yeah, but. big black guy. He looked like Ving Rhames, but he had a big wig on. Right. And he was wore high heels and would sweep up, and he taught me how to fight. He taught me how to kiss. He taught me how to, like, treat a lady and go on a date and everything. How did, and, he teach you to, how did he teach you to kiss? <laughs> well, we didn't touch each other or anything, but he was just like, you know, kiss it on the hand. But he was like, you got to do this with a girl and open the door, and then you got to put the seat back down. And all You know, my parents were like workaholics, and this just shows how much they don't give a shit about the kids. I mean, they care about us, but they weren't really worried about us. Yeah. They're letting this guy, who's like a drug addict, crackhead, uh, burlesque guy, take care of us. And my parents were here two days ago. My mom was on the subway. A guy starts jerking off. She got up and just went to another seat. Most women from New Orleans would have been like, oh, my God. She just That's how hard it is to get a fucking reaction out of my parents, Yeah, by no the way. kidding. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying that as a six-year-old when you're trying to be a funny kid. Right. Just getting stone-faced from this... D- now, did fucking... he did he bring you around New Orleans? Did you see some seedy shit? A little bit, yeah, but... I don't know if I've told you this story. So, you know, lived in a bad neighborhood. I'm riding home from summer camp on my bicycle. Three guys come up, like 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids. I'm probably, you know, 9 or 10. And they go, hey, give me your bike. And I go, ah, it's my only bike. And then they're, they're getting all in my face. So I go, all right. They take the bike. I come home. I tell Enos. And he goes, fuck that. We're getting that bike back. I'm like, Duh. these kids are 18. They're tough. They're street kids. Like, the bike's gone. He's like, fuck it. Get in the van. So, all right, we get into my dad's big panel van, and uh, he closes the door. We drive around the neighborhood for a couple hours. We find the kid on a stoop, fucking with the bike, you know, taking it apart. And I go, that's the bike. And I'm just slunched down and shotgun, like, oh, my God, I'm in a van with a trans guy with a wig on who's going to go confront these four or five street toughs. Yeah. So he just walks up, and, you know, this is the ghetto. So they immediately go, Look at this faggot! Oh my God, they're going nuts. He's walking towards them like they're they're hooting and hollering, just like, look at this fucking homo. He's got high heels on. This yeah. is a weird thing to see in broad daylight. Yeah. And he goes, "That's not your bike." And they go, "Fuck you! It's my bike or whatever." And he goes, "I'm taking that bike." And they go, "Day, you take the bike. It's gonna get ugly." And he just looks them in the eye, grabs the bike, pulls it out of the kid's hands, puts it over his shoulder, slides the van door open, throws it in, slides it closed, and we go home. Wow. I couldn't believe it was the crazy the, the, the toughest guy I've ever met was in a fucking wig. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, you got to be tough, uh, I guess. Especially in New Orleans like that. You know how to, you have to be able to fight, I would assume. Yeah, but also he was probably like 38 and these are teenagers, so maybe back, you know, at that age you're like, like I could fuck these kids up. I, I just can't imagine uh growing up in New Orleans. It was wild, man. I lost my virginity to a prostitute. I mean, uh just the open container, drinking and driving. 
And, and your parents were okay with all that. Well, I well mean, they just weren't around. They didn't care. That's insane. We were feral. How? We just ran around. I mean, this is all before the hurricane, right? Yeah, yeah. That was 05, so this is like ni- early or late 90s. So how did you survive that, Mark? I had a lot I, of friends die. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why do you think you were one of the lucky ones? Well, the city, I caught on early that the city is, the New Orleans is so fun, but it has no, it's like a dad that it sells weed but doesn't drive you to school. Yeah. So once you realize that, like, yeah, you'll get some good molly, but you're not going to eat a vegetable. you right. got to really figure that out. Like, i got to get out of here. So everybody who made it in New Orleans leaves. Right. you got to get out. It's a, it's a jazz town. It's a performing town. But you got to leave or you're just going to start a bar and drink yourself to death. So, so the whole time you're counting down until you're about 18 where you could move on and do your thing, right? Exactly. But the, uh, the first of all, I didn't know what my thing was. And secondly, I had such low self-esteem that I'm like, oh, I love George Carlin, but I could never do that. I mean, that's it, like being a comic is like being an astronaut. Right, right. And But, uh, you know, the desperation gets so bad that you go, fuck it, I'll try it. Right. And I moved to New York and it was hell. I got mugged a couple times. I got bed bugs. Landlord died of AIDS. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's five minutes on each one of those things. I know. That, that's how many stories this guy's got. It was brutal, man. But, but uh, George Carlin was my favorite. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was my up. hero. And uh, did you start doing uh, stand-up in New Orleans? I did, but there's so little. There's no little. scene, right? There's no scene, and you can get up once a week, maybe, and so I you, would drive to Lafayette and Baton Rouge and whatever. So you came to New York with not much experience at that point? No, eight months of Doing well in New Orleans, like, well enough, but then you come here and I bombed for three years straight. And uh, did you know anyone up here? I knew. I moved up with a guy, so we knew each other. W- was he a comic? Yeah, yeah. We lived together in Crown Heights. Right. And uh, had no. I moved here with $400. $400. Yeah. And a dream. And a dream. To I remember, be a stand-up. I signed the lease. What year <clears throat> was this? 07. I signed the lease on Loose Leaf, I remember. The guy just wrote it out like, oh, yeah, we'll just have you move in. Here we go. And right. signed it out on a piece of paper. Only 07. Yeah. That's not that long ago, man. Uh, I 12 feel, years I almost. feel like I've known you the whole time then. Yeah, so pretty four, close. $400 and you move into Crown Heights. And then just like your childhood home, uh, that was getting broken into. There's a theme with you because I heard you also got uh, burglarized in the West Village. Oh, that's in, right. In your yeah. nice apartment. I know. I couldn't. I finally make it to the West Village and I get fucking broken into. How Crazy. Did they, how did they get in? The guy, he must have been on PCP or something because I have these heavy old metal windows, you know, it's some bitch to get up. He was outside on the fire escape, hanging off the fire escape and just used the glass on his palm, you know, to get some some friction and he got he got in. Wow. The window wasn't locked, but it's still a heavy window. I have a lip to right. grab onto. He had no lip, so he had to use his palms like that. I, I can't believe he got in. What did he get? Ah, Sorry. No, it's all right. I, I, well, I asked because it goes back to the other thing, because the last time I talked to you, you had a, a beautiful apartment in the West Village with no furniture. I would assume you finally got some stuff. I did. I got some stuff. Okay. I got pictures on the wall. I got a flat screen. I got an iPad. And a, you know, the whole thing. Right. And he got in, and I have a drawer next to my bed, which is where the window is. So he had to walk on my bed, which is always very yeah bothersome, just knowing a guy was on your bed. But there's a drawer next to my bed, and I just kept about six grand in cash in ah. it, just for fun. 
Ah. I just like to, you know, I got a cash in there. I got some drugs, some mushrooms, a passport, uh, a knife. You know, you know, like a cool guy drawer. A gun. Yeah, no gun, <laughs> but panties. I just, yeah, panties, a couple condoms, uh, some Molly, whatever it is. I just keep it all in one drawer, and you just, it's just fun to look at it. Brass knuckles, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun to look at every now and then. Just go, oh yeah, look at that cool guy drawer. And then I close it, and I, you know, every now and then you get a haircut, you take out a twenty or whatever. Yeah, and he just opens. But that was the first drawer he opened, I think, and he got all that money and got the hell out. No, didn't touch the electronics or anything. Ah, I know. Sorry to hear. They caught the guy yeah. a couple weeks later, but uh, what are you going to do? This, the cash is gone. Well, they caught him doing – how did they know it was the guy that – They got one fingerprint off the drawer, and that fingerprint matched. When they got him for something else. Yeah, they got him in Chelsea on another robbery. Somebody walked in on him or something. Wow. Yeah, he was 54-year-old black guy. Really? 54. This guy, I mean, black don't crack. No kidding. Yeah. And, and you live uh, off the street, too, so that was like, that, uh, that sucks. Yeah, it's crazy. The guy, my neighbor said he's been there 20-something years, never had a break-in. Right. Yeah, you're in a nice area. So. But you, but a robbery follows you. Yeah. Childhood home, Crown Heights, you were getting robbed a lot. And it's so true. I was with my girl. She's crying, like, oh, my God, I feel violent. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm just flipping the channels. Like, this is normal. Uh, it was normal for you? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of like, oh, this is a bummer because it's like a childhood thing, but right. I'm used to it. Right. And you said girlfriend in there. Yeah. Just before the podcast, I, I asked you about that. So you, you're settling down a little bit? A little. I'm trying. I'm going to therapy, and I'm trying it out, and it's hard, and it's a struggle every day. But this is what normal people do, right? Well, you uh, what, you had a long-term girlfriend. Yeah. Was that in New York? Half of it was. Half of Okay. Because you were, you were pretty settled, and then I guess she uh, caught you cheating, which is a funny story in its own right. Right, right. <laughs> I'm all stories. <laughs> I'm a guinea pig. My life is well, just... Well, that's why your podcast is called Tuesday yeah. with Stories. I, I just, mean, you better have stories. Yeah, I just throw myself into shit, and it, it sometimes could, goes well, and sometimes it Could doesn't. you do the cheating story one more yeah, time? Sure. So yeah, sure. So I uh, was banging this gal on the side. Real, real whore. She was one of these girls who liked guys with boyfriends. That was her thing. And so the girlfriend was always suspicious. And then one day, iPhones were still pretty new. I was taking a shower. Phone was on the table. Phone lights up. No passcode. And it just says, hey, why don't you come over and fuck me or something filthy. So my girl's like, what the hell is this? And she sent a photo, a naked photo. And then my girl's like, oh, my God. So then she read the the text from before. And it was just like, I love when you come in my ass. You fucking let me lick your balls, you dirty whore. And I'm like, yeah, you know, sit on my face, you fat skank, all this shit. <laughs> just thread, 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 scrolling through, reading all this shit. So then I'm in the shower just whistling Dixie. She rips the curtain open. I'm soaking wet, you know, and she's like, I'm like, hey, what's shaking? You want to get in here? And she's like, how about this? And just showed me the screen and dropped it in the water. And I was like, oh, my God. I jump out. I'm all wet like a shaggy dog in the living room going, well, you don't understand. She's crazy, you know. Yeah. So I was uh, red-handed. I, I thought you were you bummed because you were going to lose your iPhone, too, because you dropped <laughs> it in the shower like yeah, that. I, I picked that up. Toot sweet. So so then you went single for a long time, and yeah. now, now you're going back into a relationship, huh? Yeah, I, I did a good four years of, I mean, gonorrhea and uh, running around on the road and multiple part. I was fucking like three girls in a day. I totally went off the rails, and I was wildly depressed, and I was like, drinking every night and I'd wake up at three in the afternoon hung over and then just start tindering immediately and I was so hooked and it was hurting my comedy it was hurting my health and so I did it for years and I had to that's why I feel like I can settle down now because I got it out well I, I knew you during that period you, yeah you did you have a good poker face you were depressed 
Yeah, I drink pretty it too much. much. Well, I was hiding it so well because I, a, I'd wake up, you just start day drinking. Then right. you go on stage, you're getting laughs. Right. And then you go out again that night, and then I would get up early and do your show. So I was, I was keeping myself so in the zone right. that I wouldn't allow. But if I stopped for like two seconds on a flight, I would just break down. Holy, I did not know that yeah, whole time. Yeah. You it hit it. You hit it well. Oh, thanks. I mean, I was still having fun. Don't no, get me you're wrong. always uh, incredibly funny, having fun. I didn't think you uh, had a drinking problem. I was like, yeah, he's just a younger guy. He'll, right. he'll figure that shit out. You know, you were in your late 20s when I met you, probably. You're yeah. probably in your mid 30s at this point, I would 35, assume. 35, yeah. Somewhere you're around right. there. So. Oh, I didn't know, but there was just an emptiness and a sadness oh, to yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you notice on, our, on your old show, I would. Every now and then, I would just kind of open up, be like, "I can't buy a jacket. I'm a piece of yeah, shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that would come out a little bit, but I would still tamp it down. But whenever I got alone and had a moment, you know, on the train or whatever, it would. No, I got a video that I put up on my YouTube channel years ago where I, I labeled it some like Mark Norman therapy because you really yes. opened up, and I even told you after the fact, I'm like, "Dude, more of that shit. Yeah, yeah. That's the real shit. I mean, you're a really funny guy and all that, but when you open up like that, a lot of people can relate. I got a lot you of showed, feedback. You showed a lot of vulnerability, man. Yeah, which I, is not. How, how it goes is this guy, you know, at the time and, and to this day, obviously, really successful, opening up for Amy Schumer, private jets, making mm. damn good money good to money. the point where he finally bought a place in the West Village, but couldn't treat himself to a smoothie. No. Couldn't treat himself to a winter coat, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, what else? I'm trying to remember all this stuff. I just couldn't buy anything. You Like, you want a meal? You go, ah, you'll get a dollar slice. What are you going to You can't get a burrito. What are you, crazy? That's 10 bucks. So I just had this real issue with but you money. had you had all the means but in your mind it was i, didn't, I can't I didn't deserve it, it. okay yeah. yeah so i kind of have gotten over that i almost got a smoothie today but i still held back but uh it's it's there still it's in the wiring but i've gotten over it a little and what is therapy uh teaching you about that uh just like hey come on you're worth some shit this is all parental your parents fucked you up you got to realize that the guy jerks off on the train they don't care so so i thought they just didn't care about me or or I was had no self worth and all that, so Right. You get a, you you grow up, you, you learn. I like I like going to therapy. I love it. I I was one of those guys like, ah, if you can't figure this shit out under your own Same. stupid therapy and Same. then I went, I'm like, Wow, this isn't bad, man. Yeah, yeah. You get it out. It's like the garbage piles up and you get it out. And you start understanding a lot. Yes. You, you know? And, yes. and you could kind of move on with your life. It's always there where maybe something will trigger, yeah. trigger you a little bit. But uh, I think it should be mandatory. I still Everybody should go, why not? It's like getting a checkup. Go, right. You go to the doctor. Hey, you never know when you got mm-hmm. cancer or a tumor or whatever. Right. Go get, go, you never know when you're bipolar or right. paranoid or whatever the hell it Mental is. Mental checkup. Yeah, why not? Right. But you're almost buying smoothies? Almost. I'll get one a month. For real? <laughs> well, they're like eight bucks in this city. Uh, Mark. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm At least I'm aware of it. Now I walk past smoothie shop and go, don't do it. Oh, you're doing the thing. And then right. I'm having a 12-minute conversation. Well, you work myself. your ass off. <laughs> I do. I work a lot, yeah. And, and like you said, you came to New York with $400. You, you should be proud of yourself. You, you made something of yourself, and you're you're well on your way. Oh, hey, thanks. Yeah. Did you, did you at least buy? Oh, you did buy a bed because the, the, the robber walked across. <laughs> <laughs> I did buy a bed, yeah. Because... <laughs> One of the last conversations I had with you was when he bought this West Village place, and you just simply felt guilty about buying yep. stuff. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I, I didn't even have a couch. How's your relationship with your uh, parents these days? It's good. I, now I'm aware, as I say, so I know that they're going to give me no— it's like a bad crowd. That's what my parents feel like. When you talk to them, you feel like you're bombing. Right. You know, they just don't care. 
and they just look right through you, and they do that horrible thing where they ask you a question, and then when you answer it, they don't care. Like, we'll do a little role play. Yeah. I'll be my dad. You be me. Okay. So, uh, what's your address? Uh, <laughs> Where the hell's that waiter? Is that waiter coming back? I haven't seen him in a while. I gotta get a nice tea. You know, he, he like, stops the eye contact. Yeah, and you're like, well, why'd you ask? Because he thinks asking. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll. This is how I show love. I will uh, let him know that I'm interested, but then he's not. But you, know? you got all the personality in the world. Are they like? Are they sort of on the spectrum in a way? I think they're on the spectrum, and I think they got their own shit going on. Are they highly intelligent? It sounds they're like they're very intelligent. It seems like they're very intelligent. Those type of people are missing something else. I feel. I think you're right. I, I think feel. you're right. Yeah. What, what were their jobs? Uh, both lawyers. Uh, so they're buried in books and book. They, they all read day. all day, yeah. all night. My mom's face is in a book yeah, my whole and, life, and they've seen everything too. Right. So they're desensitized. That's why your mom could easily. Just move when the guy's jerking Exactly. Off. By the way, I don't move. I, I think that shit is the best, <laughs> and I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I really do. Really? I would be a little nervous, I think. Why? We don't get shot with the jism. Oh, well, you got to be smart. Yeah, yeah. You got to learn how to lead. Yeah, you slip. <laughs> but, you know, right. when, when, uh, when a homeless person is acting up, Everyone else runs away. I kind of take a couple steps forward. Interesting. I love seeing all that shit. I you, try to be careful. You know, you do the same with radio. Yes. When you see a little drama, you lean in. <laughs> well, that's where the good stuff is. That's where the good stuff is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary place to live, but yeah, you're right. You know? Yeah. That's, we're, um, we're both therapeutic. And, and, and are your parents proud of the career? Nah, that's funny you ask, because that's what the therapy session was all about yesterday. It yeah. was like... I was yelling and bitching about my parents in therapy, and I'm like, come on, I got a good career, but on tonight's show, and he goes, stop, stop, stop. It's said you're trying to win over your parents with your career. They should just like you. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're right. But I, I don't even think about that. I, I'm, I'm looking at my dad's face going, I've done the garden, you, you come. You piece of shit. Right, you know? right. But Give me a goddamn hug. And yes. Some, and, and one tear. I just want to yes. see one tear of you being, I get that shit. But I should be going, hey, I'm a human. Well, what do, <laughs> they, what, what do they want f- uh, for you if you had to guess? I think they want me to be happy and they want me to be successful, but they just, they got, they, they're worried about their shit and they go, hey, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, right. that's life. Right. So I, I don't think they're even thinking about it. Right. And that's fine. I've accepted it and I'm moving on. Yeah, and the therapy seems to be helping. So. Oh, it helps, yeah. Uh, and uh, a classic bedwetter, Robert. Oh, See, yeah. I wanted to surprise you with something there today. There we go. I'm surprised. I, and, and I have it, no experience with that. But. Admits it and talks about it. Oh, yeah. Who the fuck well, would admit that and talk about that? Well, I mean, it's, it's over. It's, it was a childhood thing, I assume, right? 14. Yeah. 14. All right, under 21, that counts. Which yeah. is pretty amazing that I was thinking about this today because I would assume being in New Orleans, you start drinking very early. Yeah. So to stop bedwetting at 14 and probably the drinking was getting heavier, that's, that's true. pretty amazing. Well, it was, That's we'll, an accomplishment. We'll say it stopped every night at 14, but then the blacking out, I'd probably wet the bed once a week. Really? Yeah, but that's different. That's, that's a, a different whole thing. different. Yeah, uh, yeah. That you but can, again, it's also New Orleans, so the water yeah. level's already up anyway, right? right? So there's got to be some biological excuse you could make. There you go, the levees broke. <laughs> but I peed on a lot of one night stands. <laughs> I have. That, that's a bad. You need morning. Mike here for that. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You would get along with Mike. He, he's, oh yeah. He's into pee play. Oh right, right, his, right. Uh, now fiance. So maybe we shouldn't talk about his marks. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Uh, she pees on him. Oh yeah, we'll talk both, about it later. Both. Oh wow. Yeah, man. Both. In the shower, I assume. Uh, insane stuff. Yeah. I don't get the peeing. Oh uh, no. What's the bed uh, wedding all about? What does the therapist say about that? Uh, what is that? I think, 
What, some say it's trauma-induced or whatever. Some say it's you trying to subconsciously get attention. But I went to a doctor, and he just said, you sleep too deeply. You don't know how to, you know, you don't feel that trigger of, like, I got to pee. That's all it is. That's all it is. For, that's what he said. So I tried everything. I had a little button thing that you put on your boxers, and when it felt moisture, it would beep. And I just shorted that fucker out. <laughs> and uh, I had all, I tried pills they gave me. None of it. I, my dad wouldn't let me have a sip of, of liquid after six. Oh, my God. That was, God. like, his move. And uh, so I'm, I'm watching my brother chug Kool-Aid at 9 p.m., and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I look like an feeding iguana. you salt in a cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was lining it? you with those silica gel packets. The worst were sleepovers where you just stay up all night because you're like, I can't let you know Bobby and Jeff see me wake right. up in the morning covered in whiz. I'll be the laughing stock. But you were brave enough to go to the sleepovers. Yeah, but I, I stayed up. Then the next day we're playing kickball at 8 a.m. and I'm like glassy eyed. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> tired. And, and it just ended one day, or was there <laughs> something that worked with therapy? Or I think it just ended. I just grew up kind of puberty had something to do. And that kind of cut it off. Do you think you had P, uh, PTSD? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It's a real thing. I, I mean, PPTSD oh, is what I, I heard. PPTSD. That's, oh, what did I I say that's literally what I heard that's you say. That's funny. Oh, well, I didn't mean to be funny there, but. Uh, it worked. No, I got a lot of trauma from my childhood. And, yeah. And finally, my therapist said, yeah, you suffer from uh, PTSD. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I never understood, like, I've always been an athlete my whole life and uh, into sports and working out and stuff. But I can't just work out. I work out really, really hard. And uh, they've done studies that uh, people with PTSD, they, that's what they do to handle that. Ah. For whatever reason. That and makes so, sense. So it finally started making sense. And, yeah. you know, uh, to get through that, you know, is therapy. And well, that's I started I, meditating and all sorts of other. There you all, go. That's all, good, too. But all sorts of things. That's why the best athletes come from fucked up backgrounds. Probably, because they can handle those workouts. Right, right. Like, my pain uh, threshold when I was uh, working out for sports and stuff, I could, please. Yeah. Never really felt it. Yeah, like, uh, look at all the toughest white guys now. They're all from the like Russian area right. yeah. from like the Eastern Bloc because yeah. they're all fucking living on farms and fighting bears at eight years old. Plus the steroids at ten. Well, oh, is that is that oh, a thing? Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, the toughest sport in the world, UFC. I've t- I've talked to many of those guys. They all have fucked up backgrounds. Oh, really? And I guess that's how they handle it. Yeah. You there know? you go. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they used to be Jewish boxers because Jews went through hell. Now Jews are like, oh, we're going to become a lawyer. Fuck that. <laughs> right, we're not dealing with that crap. Yeah. So so uh, how's it uh, living with a girl again? Uh, it's okay. I mean, I, uh, it's all a struggle, but it's it's okay. Like, it's nice having someone and you – sure, I get those moments where you're like, oh, she's out on a business trip, so you're like, ah, I'm in my underwear, I'm farting, I'm j- right. jerking off. But it's nice having a squeeze and talking to somebody and sleeping next to somebody, and you get that that lovey feeling. But it's uh, it's in and out. I have to like consciously remind myself like this is a good thing. This is what people do. You right, know? right. But- and then I, I have fantasies about her blowing some guy and just breaking up with me, and I go, "All right, I'm out." But then you go, "No." no then you get fantasies where you're scared of getting dumped, and right, you're like, right. "Oh, I can't be alone." So, oh, almost like it would be a relief if something like that yes, happened. Yes. So you could, oh, wow. So you're you really, don't have that? Not really. No. I mean, I got I got the kids and stuff now. Yeah. I got all sorts of. I'm I'm just you're locked in. I'm just very happy. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. That's I mean, the goal. That is the goal, right? Yeah. I I fantasize like, what? Man, my life would be more fun if she would just 
you know, get kidnapped. Right. And then I'm like, no, but if she left, I'd be so sad. So it's a, it's always up. It's, <laughs> that's, that's all normal stuff. Is that normal? Yeah. Okay, that, okay. Absolutely. All right, you never know. Absolutely. So, all right, I feel better. Yeah. But how long have you guys been together? Probably like three years, two and a half years. It's been that long? Yeah, it flies. Bro, I haven't seen you in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's when, when we were hooking up, I was around your parts. But that was the beginning of it. Right. Yeah, you weren't really telling anybody. Yeah, yeah, and I still wanted to keep an open. Because I remember the days we'd run into each other at airports every once in a while, and you'd be very drunk still. Yes. Because we would take the first flight out. Yes. And you'd, <laughs> you'd be, <laughs> you would be bragging, let's just put it that way. Yeah, I remember that moon tower. That was wild. The moon tower was awesome, yeah, right? Yeah, that was a great time. That was a great live app and just a, yeah. a, a wild romp. Yeah, so... What else, Mark? Yeah, we I think we, a lot. I think we did great today for the first time on the podcast. Oh, uh, just for uh, – but Robert laughed. But you could – please, for the podcast audience, uh, the time you slept with a homeless girl in a homeless shelter, that'd be, that would be a great way to end this. <laughs> True story. Uh, this is when I was single, right fresh single. I was – I just gave my ex the apartment. I was like, we lived together. I fucked up. You take it. I'll find a new place. So I'm living off a duffel bag. I'm off couches all over the city, Staten Island, Queens, whatever. So I, I'm just really living off the grid. I'm going to shows and just asking girls in the audience, like, hey, if anybody wants to let me have sex with them and sleep at their place. And every now and then would work. Yeah. So I met one girl after a show, and she was like a gothy, cuttery kind of looking chick, very black and piercings. Cute. But she was like, uh, yeah, we should get a drink. I was like, yeah, let's get a drink. So we go out for a drink that night, and she's, uh, I tell her, like, look, I'm homeless. And she's like, oh, weird. She's guzzling booze, guzzling booze, guzzling booze. And eventually she goes, look, I, I should be honest, I'm homeless too. Holy and I was shit. like, what happened? She's like, well, my boyfriend beat me, and he went to jail, and I can't afford the rent. So now I'm off the street in a woman's shelter. I'm like, oh, my God. So we start making out of this bar. It's getting hot and heavy. And cut to us in a cab on the way to the homeless shelter. <laughs> So we're just making out in the cab. We go way out to Brooklyn, this old building. Was it scary? It was terrifying, but again, I'm so hammered. You're, and you're, you're kind of used to that. And I'm kind of used to it. I'm like, hey. Yeah. At this point, you're like, hey, let's see what happens. I got nothing to live for. Right. I, I'm, I'm broke. I'm gay. I'm on the fucking <laughs> lamb. I got no girlfriend. I'm on the couch. You know, so like, fuck it. Let's live. So we get to the homeless shelter. We sneak in. I get there. This It's like a basketball court of just... Women on cots screaming and howling and moaning and crying. I was like, oh, my God, this is wild. I've never been so hard. So <laughs> then we go up to her room, and it's like two cots on the wall with the chains, you know, like prison style. And uh, we just fuck for hours, just hobo sex, crazy boxcar banging. And uh, I wake up, and I'm like, what am I? I had that rock bottom moment. Like, what am I doing? This is crazy. And I remember I ran out of there, got a cab, and went straight back to my old apartment. And it was like, I begged the girlfriend, like, take me back. I'm in a homeless shelter. This is horrible. I can't live like this. And she just slammed the door in my face. She did. Yeah, well, I don't blame her. Wow. But that's where I was at. I was just so on the end of my rope. That was, was bad. Was that your bottom in a way? I think it was. Really? Yeah, maybe. And after that, I was like, I got to get it together. But I still was three I, years of debauchery. Do you, do you still uh, drink? I drink, but I, I mean. Not like you used to? Not like I used to. And I'm, we're getting old. So now I have two scotches, and I, the next day I'm like, oh, I'm hurting. Right. Well, it's the IPAs. No, those will get you. Because you don't realize how much alcohol are in those damn things. You, when you go out, you know, for me, it's like, ah, I know I can handle four beers, whatever. Four IPAs, I'm, I'm not on the floor, but I'm way drunker, You're man. drunk, and it's like a lot of 
what do you call that? I'm not shit? a fan like, to be honest with you. I'm not either. I, it's too hoppy or whatever, yes. bitter or whatever. It's the, too bitter. It's for the kids, I guess, because I don't get it. It's I, thick I tried. And multi and hoppy, and the hangover is worse because it's a lot of sugar in there, a lot of grain right. and all that shit. So I, I just ju- stick with liquor. I like tequila. I love tequila. I like tequila and fruity beers. <laughs> I have no problem admitting it. Well, like a blue moon. Oh God, I go way fruitier. Oh really? Uh, grapefruit beers. Oh, uh, those aren't bad. Thank you. I stand, I mean, I would never order one in public, <laughs> but I, uh, I I have one every now and then. I go, this is refreshing. <laughs> no, when my wife uh, realized she truly loved me, I go on vacation with them to the Outer Banks. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Blue collar family from Philly, all union. I've met guys. half of them. You know them all. Yeah. yeah I, I don't have to explain it to you, but maybe for the podcast audience, it's all hardcore blue collar guys. And uh, we're at Outer Banks. We're out uh, for dinner, and it's like Miller Lite, yeah. Schlitz, yeah. Old Milwaukee, <laughs> and and how it goes. My wife even orders like some, you know, yeah. grandpa beer. Then it's mine, and and I'm seeing all these wonderful drinks on the menu, and I go, oh, yeah. I'll have a bikini teeny. Oh, that's a bad right name. in front of everybody. Well, that's a, that and a I field enjoyed, day. I enjoyed the hell out of it, <laughs> and I had more than one mark. There you go. Well, live your life, goddammit. But to this day, you know, they'll still bring it up. But, yeah, uh, oh, it's that, old bikini teeny Opie over here. <laughs> but they knew that, you know, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's what my wife likes about me, that I don't give a fuck. That's good. And deep down, those mooks, they they kill for one of those things. Yes. They well, just can't well, be happy. Well, to your point, you want to order a grapefruit beer, but you're not going to do it in front of a bunch right, of people. I'm right. like, I have no like, Yeah, no, good for you. Oh, if you want to throw some fruit on top, I don't give a, <laughs> <laughs> give a fuck. Yeah, no, I'm with you. There's a couple uh, shock top. There's a couple orange yeah, beers. Yeah, the shock tops are nice. That's good. I like all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm oh, with you. But uh, I'm moving uh, back toward pot. Pot's more the more. way to go. Have you been a pothead? I'm, no, I'm not a pothead because I have the bad anxiety, so I smoke and- the I think this guy hates me goes through the roof, but uh, the it just it's a better better hangover. It it doesn't fuck your body up. You don't feel it the next day. So it helps anxiety and depression. They're starting to say too. I guess, but mine goes the other way. I get I go in my head. I go, you suck. You you're a piece of shit. What do you what do you do with your life? You're not funny. So. I, I have to, like, watch it. Why do you comics all have that? I don't know. But that's why we're comics. It's a catch-22. So so after you're set on Jimmy Fallon, you crushed it on Fallon. Even yeah. he said, I remember, he, he goes, uh, you just hit a home run, my friend, or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. In that moment, are you thinking, ah, no anxiety, you're feeling good yes. about yourself, you or get, already you get, are you thinking about what am I going to do next? You get 10 minutes of, like, euphoria. Oh, my God, I hit it out of the park. What a great feeling. That's on TV. Everybody's going to see it. And then you start going, Ah, should have said that. That wasn't great. Ah, that I, I missed that word. Oh, I looked fat. I hate myself. My parents aren't going to watch it. You just start, yeah. my brain puts out all the good fires. They just come in and go, no, nah, no, nah, you can't be happy. Right. I just went on a ski trip with Burt Kreischer, all these I fun saw, guys. I saw I follow you on all your shit. And that looked like a great time, It was by amazing. The way. We did mushrooms, and we smoked weed, yeah. we drank in the hot tub, we skied all day and partied yeah. all night, and we did shows. They're all sold out. Everything was great. But am I, I was I had a moment in the hot tub. I'm holding a beer, sitting next to these hilarious, great comics, friends of mine, and I, I just go, this is amazing. What a great moment. I've worked so hard for this. I think that guy hates me. I think he hates me. And I did. I went through the whole trip thinking he hated me, and I didn't enjoy a second of it. 
Who was it? I don't want to say his name, but it doesn't even matter. It's just yeah, no, I, my brain fine. picked a guy and just went, yeah, I don't think he likes you. And, and that fucked up your whole that time. Fu- I did mushrooms. I had a bad trip. I'm laying in bed going, oh, they don't like me. <laughs> I, at one point, I saw them all laughing around a table, and I was like, I should go join them. And I'm like, nah, they don't want me to join. So I just sat in the other room alone on shroom. That's where I'm at, man. It sucks. No, but you're getting there. I'm getting better, and I'm aware of it. Yeah. So that helps, because I sit there and go, this is just your brain being a douche. Right. They don't actually hate you. Nobody hates you. Don't right. worry about it, but right. it's still there. It's called imposter syndrome, if you want to do some research. Is that right? Yeah, where you where that one person could say something about you, and you're like, oh, see, I knew I was a fucking fraud. Ah. And you'll ignore all the good shit that people say about you. I definitely have that. Most people do, and most okay. people in entertainment do. Yeah, that's why they'll see a hundred uh, reviews saying how great the set was, or in your case, and then there's one asshole. You'll fucking gravitate toward the asshole. Yes, because it's something called imposter syndrome. Like wow. ah, that guy knows. Right, he's saying exactly what I think in my head when I'm alone. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a phenomenon. You might want to talk about that with your therapist. I think I will. Therapist, I should say. But you think you'll ever be happy? <laughs> no, and I, I ask this because I, I, I worry about you comics because it seems yeah. like you guys are always hustling and chasing and you think you'll ever get to a point where you where you will be satisfied, whether it's a good set in Cleveland, Ohio, yeah. or, or another set on Jimmy Fallon where you're like, man, this is fucking great. I'm I think, in a good place. What will uh, it take, you think? I don't know. I get glimpses of it here and there, and I think that's the way to live. You want your life, because we, we're so obsessed with happiness that we want this constant happiness, but that will make you unhappy. Right. It's, it's, you have to have the up and down. So we forget that. When you are sad, you should sit in it. Yes. And like absorb it and go, this sucks. I hate this feeling. Right. It's a bummer. But it's all part of it because then you're going to get out of it and you're going to feel good. Then you're going to go back. It has to be. they got to have the salty sweet. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride, so you got to understand that because most yeah. people, when they're sad, they're like, yeah, my life fucking sucks. And instead of just hanging in, holding yes. on tight, realizing you know, you're going to go back up and be right. happy again. Yeah. yeah you that's, have to. That's how life works, and people just want the constant happy and that will make you unhappy, ironically. It's balance. It's balance. I had to learn that the hard way because yeah. my whole life revolved around that damn radio show. Right. And then, uh, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. I, I didn't want to leave when, when I was told to leave. Sure. But in the end, it gave me time to really reflect and think and, yeah. and balance out my fucking life. Cause yeah. Because I, I obsessed and stressed over doing that damn radio show. You, you know seem I mean? way more zen, way more even keeled yeah. now than I've ever seen you. Yeah. Well, uh, the last version of the show, you were, you were a big part of it. I was I oh, yeah. was already I was already heading there, but to your point about uh, I was going to wrap up, but now we got another thing. Uh, like where you're saying you enjoyed Fallon for ten minutes, and then you start yeah. thinking when you do a radio show like that. Oh my god! And we were on top of the fucking mountain with that thing. I ne- I didn't enjoy most of it. Right, because, right. Because right around the corner, you're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do tomorrow? Exactly, exactly. Like, it never. We ends. would have the most amazing radio show that everyone's talking about, and then. But I, then I, you know, uh, let's say it was afternoon drive. So then yeah. maybe you go out for uh, dinner, a couple drinks, and now you're settling back home in your apartment, 9 or 10 o'clock. Now you're like fucking stress ridden. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, what am I fucking going to do tomorrow? Even though, you know, we had a good staff, and obviously the guys I was doing the radio show with were very uh, talented. So we had it, but it was always in the back of your fucking head. Of course. And. People go, he's got this radio show, he's on the top of the charts, he must be fucking elated. But you're not, you're freaking out. But the thing is, would it be as good of a show if you weren't? 
Right. You know, so you kind of need a little of that. And that's oh. why people on Xanax, I'm like, I'll never do Xanax because I've done it once. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I have no anxiety. But I also don't have any hustle. Yeah, the anxiety uh, led to some great comedy. Exactly. I understand that, too. But with all that said, I'm so much happier doing it this way. Yeah, so you seem So much happier. Because now I, like, you know, I'll do a couple podcasts, and I'll just fucking chill and, and enjoy other parts of my life. Yes. Then I get back to, you know, and, and do this. So. And you got some dough. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got a few bucks. Yeah, so, you know, that's really the big worry. Not, a, not as much as I had a couple of years wow. ago, but I have a few bucks. Yeah, but the, the joy <laughs> but, of making money is going to be back. Well, here, here's the funny part. Uh, I don't know where you, how you feel about this. It was never about money with me. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, there were times in my life I was broke and was just as happy. Yeah. Not just as happy now with a wife and kids. That's a whole nother level. But I'm talking before that. I remember times where I didn't know where I was going to eat, and yeah. I, I was just as happy, if not happier. Yeah, it's a freedom to that. I never got into this to make money. Yeah, I, I was same. used to being poor, one of seven kids. My mom stressing and burning credit cards in the fire because because <laughs> too many people were calling for their money, right, and my right. dad was just like literally wanted to live uh, in a van by down by the yeah, river. No yeah. joke. That whole Chris Farley thing, my dad would have been happy doing that. He didn't give a fuck. But the problem was he had seven kids. Yeah, exactly. So we had to care a little bit. But to him, he's like, ah, you know, we'll be just as happy if we don't have money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, poor people are always more interesting. But that but that put a lot of stress on me because my mom would, uh, you know, um, would talk about the money issues with me when I was a fucking kid. Yeah, that's that's heavy. The, yeah, a lot of heavy talk. I remember my brother told me recently, he would listen in and go and think, why is mom putting all that stress on Greg about yeah. money, man, and where are the next uh, you know groceries are coming from and all that? Well, that's why, if you notice, not to bring it back to the PC bullshit, but most of these social justice cum guzzlers are, <laughs> are usually pretty privileged people. Right. And they're throwing all this shit at you, and you're like, hey, 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 you don't know what I've seen. Right. Like, I've noticed the people who have been grown up poor, had fucked up childhoods, or had horrible things happen to them, tend to have more black friends or more minority friends or more... They they know what sadness and and struggle really is. Yes. Whereas these other people have to manufacture some struggle. Right. You know, and I, I think they got to realize that. Well, they had it easy. Yeah. They had their helicopter uh, parents or whatever. Right, right. Protecting them. They never they never had to worry about shit. Yeah, and then they I'm talking about us. the I'm talking about the people that are causing all the problems because it certainly are there are people out there that have uh, a lot of the same issues we did growing right. up, but the ones that are creating most of this horse shit had an easy life. I know, and then they're gonna yell at Kevin. Kevin Hart said "fag" in a tweet. It's like, Who do you really gives think? A fuck? Is that really on the top of the charts of things we gotta worry about? Are you insane? Right. How privileged are you? Right. Ah, uh, yeah. So, are, I, are you worried about uh, where comedy's going? I am, but I talked to Colin Quinn the other night, and he's you know the comedy whatever godfather. The so he's, guru. Yeah, he's the genius guy. So he said eventually it's gonna be just two camps, and you gotta pick your camp. You're going to be in the, I'll be the offended, say whatever I want camp, or I'm going to be in the squeaky, can't say shit camp. And I go, all right, I guess I'll be in the, the other one. Yeah. Because I can't, that's the whole reason he puts it well. He goes, oh, yeah, I got into comedy to be uh, accepted by the mainstream. No, you got into it to push buttons yes! and, and go the other way. It's punk rock. Yes. It, you know? Yeah. But so. 
That's, I got to go the other camp. That's really interesting because I've lived long enough to remember when the comics sort of had each other's backs. You yeah. always had some asshole, let's be honest, yeah. in, in <laughs> every profession. But in general, you guys stuck together. Yes. And, man, he is right. There is a separation going on right now. Yeah. But, I mean, I'll tell you, maybe I'm an old-fashioned douche, but you go to Cleveland, you go to Texas, you go to whatever, Phoenix, they want jokes. They want comedy. They don't want to be berated about their privileges and what's what the president is doing they just want con- they want to be entertained these yeah. are people yeah so they want that outlet yeah we don't want to be preached at and yelled at and uh, hey you got to get it together and be nice to these people and use these pronouns they're like what i i worked eight hours at a factory just yeah. tell me a fucking jew joke yeah just make me laugh yeah right so I don't know. Something's got to come to a head, but I don't oh. think it ever will. Oh, my God. I was going to end, but I got to mention this just because it's good for you. Yeah. So my old friend Bill Burr was on the podcast, mm. and on the podcast, and then off the podcast even more. I apologize. I probably should have got more of this on the oh, podcast. No. Hey. He was praising you like, like- Oh, that means a lot because he's one of the greats. Basically saying you're the, you're the next guy. Oh, like I don't know about that. No, he basically saying as far as guys coming up oh, and guys to well. look out. I'm not. I, you're more than coming up. You know that. But, yeah, yeah. I but he's talking about the next, the next set of guys coming up to look. Uh, you know that Mark Norman he said. Wow. That Mark Norman is a fucking funny bastard. Well, I'm, I'm honored. I mean, he's he's one of the greats, and he put me on the Patrice O'Neill benefit, which is a huge honor for me. Right. That I mean, Patrice is one of my favorite. Maybe one of the best. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't thank Bill enough. And just the fact that he knows who I am is insane. And he, he he let me open for him at some club, and I did well, and we got to exchange numbers, which, you know, I'm jizzing the whole time. Just going, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to act cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and we uh, got drunk and rode the train back, and we texted each other at, like, 4 in the morning. We got home, and I'm in bed with my girl next to me. She's sleeping. I'm drunk. The room's spinning, and he's texting me. I'm getting texts from Bill Burr, which is so insane, and I'm going to try not to come off too hokey and uh, and uh, geek out here, but he's like, hey, man, really great stuff. You, if you keep writing like that, you're going to be whatever. And I, and, and I just wrote back, like, are you kidding? I know everything you've ever done. I can quote all your bits, you piece of shit. I just went – I did one of these, like, two – Way too long texts, yeah. and I and he didn't write. He wrote back like thanks, and I was like, ah, <laughs> you blew it. Yeah, I blew it. I went too far. I, I blew my wad on the guy, and he was like, easy creep. Hey, well, back off uh, there, clingy. So it was just that's another moment where I ruined, you know. But uh, it meant the world to me. And just nah, the fact yeah. that I have his phone number and I, I can yeah, shake his hand. Ru- you didn't insane. ruin anything. And th- it's funny you should say that because my my wife will calm me down. Like every once in a while, a, a big name will follow me on Twitter or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, so-and-so's following me. And I want to tweet the person. I want to DM them immediately. Yes, yes. And she's like, we just chill the fuck out and be cool, man. I know. Be I'm not cool. cool. I'm not cool. I'm I not geeked either. out. Yeah, that's funny, man. But that's, yeah, it's relatable. Mark, I, I should have got you on a long time ago. Uh, but we have reconnected. Next time, we're going to go to Get Parts. We're going to have beers with the guys. And we're going to just fucking be silly, get drunk. I love it. Do all that horse shit, but I wanted to sit down and just have like one of these. Yeah, this is great to get it started. But uh, I know about the podcast Tuesdays with Stories with Joe List. You guys yep. are crushing it. It's going, it's going places. We've been doing some live shows, and uh, we've had some good people on. We sell out the Village Underground. I with know it. you do. You guys, so, uh, you guys cooking. do a very good job. What else you want to promote? Uh, hey, pro- my website. I'm coming to every goddamn city in this 
goddamn country, uh, marknormancomedy.com, right. Twitter, Instagram, all that. Give me a Google. You're a good Instagrammer. Oh, thanks. I, you, you, I take pride in it. No, you, your photography's really good. I hate these guys who take a photo of their shoe and go, hey, I had a, I had a nail on my foot. I'm like, that's all you got? The shoe? Come no, on. I, Put a little art in there. I like a lot of your stuff. Oh, I appreciate it. Because it, you, you take your time. Yes. Because I, yes. I, I enjoy uh, photography as a hobby, Uh huh. and I appreciate someone else that is like trying to do a little something more than just like, Trying. hey, look at right, me right. and my selfie. stupid selfie and a smoothie that I yeah. don't deserve. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you got the best sunsets in there. I've the tried. great sun, the yeah, fish. Yeah, but then people make fun of me and my stupid sunsets. Ah, fuck them. But I'm, I'm taking sunset pictures. I'm drinking grapefruit beer. It's all envy. They wish they were out there on the Showing beach. Showing my giant penis by accident. You there know, you it's go. All, it's all shits and giggles. I've what seen the say? lump. I've seen the, <laughs> the seen pants, the, the goblin, yeah. Uh, does the traveling get old? It does, but you know it's like that old Damarera thing. They pay me to fly. I love. I still love doing the shows, and I like getting away. New York's such a kick in the taint that it's nice to be like, ah, I'm in fucking Portland. This is nice. Yeah, you get a little break. You get a little break, and and it's uh, the job is different every week, and I love that. Yeah, right on. All right, my I'm my friend Mark Norman. Thank here, you, here. Mark. I really Thank appreciate you. It. this. Was a, a great fucking episode. All right, I'll pl- I, I appreciate you having me. I love it. Uh, we'll do it again, Joey. Wrap it up. Praise Allah. (laughs) Praise Allah. (laughs) Thanks, Greg, and a great guest. He's going places. Mark Norman. Now leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Buy a hat or a shirt at opiradio.com. We thank you for your support. And until next episode, with our favorite chef, this is Joey Salvia for the Westwood One Podcast Network's Opie Radio. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.